could never episode 64 i'm auntie ak and i am here wolf auntie farah auntie nana and auntie shade how are you ladies doing how are you how are you how you doing how, how you doing? doing i think we should say that today for all of us that have watched the French <laughs> reunion how yeah. you doing yeah how are you all though <laughs> all yeah. it's not like it was an episode did you watch it yeah i did watch it Oh, man. I didn't finish it. Because you, you're not eight real friends fans. Basically, oh no, I was. I literally watched it religiously, but I didn't feel it this time around. You didn't feel anything. What did you no, not I feel? I felt at the end. I felt um, the bye because I, I get emotional. When I see people crying anyway, so that always moves me. But I generally wasn't like I didn't. I didn't care. And the thing is, I watched Friends religiously, and I've watched it the series through a few times. But I just don't care anymore. Um, I was, I thought the bit just at the end when they said bye and seeing the last episode like that bit, but then oh, it, did, it didn't move me. I thought, I, 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 yeah, I didn't get that far. Made of stone, no, not really, because um, not really. I just this just didn't get me. I don't know. I don't know what 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 hit you lot for it. What hit you? You go first, them going, them going like back on the set. Like the way they, I, I like the aspects where they were saying about the technical side of things, you know what I mean? The behind the scenes, how they structured everything as well. Their memories, like the takes, like the different, te- the blueprint, all of it, like to be honest. And like I was, I was talking to, um, you know, my niece about it. And I was just like, it started when I was like 13, and ended when I was 23. So that, that portion of my life, do you know what I mean? It was very like, I can't even explain. It was almost like having, during that period of my life, it was like almost like having another friend. And it's very cheesy. It's very cliche thing to say, but that's just the truth. Like it was a constant and it's well-written. Like the performances are great. It just is, it's like the first of its kind in that sense. And that was part of our generation. It's part of our, 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 you know, it's part of my history. I kind of see it. Do you know what I mean? from a pop culture point of view. What I didn't like, though, was, like, all the clips of people around the world. I don't know. There was something about it that just seemed very disingenuous to me. When I got to Ghana, (laughs) I was like, oh. Honestly, honestly, no, I was, I can't lie, I was not feeling it. I really wasn't. Um, But, yeah, I just really, I I don't know. I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was very, very moved. I was more moved than I thought I was going to be. Definitely, I wasn't expecting that at all. But yeah, um, I I think I, I second everything that you say. Like I think for me, friends, it came at, at a time where I just left home. I was in in a hostel. Um, it bonded me and one of my friends that was also in the hostel with me. And he was at first like, I don't want to watch this shit. And then we started watching it together and we bonded over it. And we still to this day quote lines. It's extremely well acted. Yeah, there are a few flaws in it, but it was made in the nineties. Let's not forget. Um, I just love the bond and also I realised that watching Friends I think made me go into the area that I'm in as well in terms of I really got a lot out of the, the reunion from the backstage stuff because I'm now looking at it from a professional point of view and I'm like okay yeah 
I get it. And just listening to how they did things then and like looking at all the sets and how that worked and all that kind of stuff. Like I totally get it. I, I remember watching Friends as I progressed throughout my career and for university and that sort of thing and being able to um, actually realise how they were doing certain things and still enjoying the comedy of it all. So, yeah, no, I just loved it. I like the bond between them all. You can tell that the girls are extremely close with each other still. Um, there was a bit too much work going on for some of them. Um, <laughs> but no, I just, I really, I really liked it. It was nost- It was very nostalgic for me. It reminded me of a particular time in my life. Um, yeah, no, I loved it. I was very emotional about it. I was like, oh my God, I remember that. And what was even funnier, I was watching the reunion with my daughter and she now watches Friends. And I was saying to her, you don't know these things. And she was like, when they were showing certain clips, she was saying them word for word. And I was looking at her like that. Like, it's bizarre. Like, I own every episode. I've got the poster that Monica has in her house in my... I've got it. I own I own this shit. I'm a huge friend of mine. So, for me, it was good. The only downside was, as you say, the bits where they were talking to people in certain countries. I wasn't sure why they chose those locations in terms of the backdrops of them. Like, was that necessary? Or was that just to show that you'd gone to these particular countries? And then, um, additionally, James Corden. Go away. I could have done without him. Yeah, fucking hell. <laughs> The thing is, I've got the box sets and everything. I was a huge, we, we were, our crew was a, a huge friend fans. It was our thing. We'd watch it, I think it was on a Friday, what day did it come on? And we, it was religious. That's, and Sex in the City, religious. But I just didn't, I, I don't know, the years of um, taking it away. But it was, yeah, I, everything you're, you're lot are saying about significant time in our lives as well. Definitely. But, yeah. Anyway, let's go, let's go with the game, with the game. Oh, no. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Is it? Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Jeez. <laughs> my brain, my brain. Is your own running order. Yeah, I forgot myself. I was looking at like, friends too much. That's what happened. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay, so it's time for the game. Okay, so we're doing Would You Rather today. Would you rather have a braid dropout doing a presentation at work or have your weave track show the whole day? Weave track show because it's less, it's just my weave track is showing and it depends on where's the weave track showing. It doesn't say, so I can, I guess in this scenario, I can pick where the weave track is showing. So it'll be this bit there, just a little bit lifting and it's not that deep. So yeah, I have my weave track show for the day um, and an extension falling out, unless I could quickly grab it where no one notices, um, then it's like a bit, you know, bit too much explanation especially if it's like yeah at work i just don't want to explain it otherwise i also actually don't care if my head dots i am what but weave track will be easier yeah i'm gonna go with weave track because i think the majority of people where i used to work wouldn't know <laughs> the difference <laughs> <in> the- <laughs> Whereas if the braid, if it came, literally came out, everyone's going to be like, what's that? And all eyes are on you. Do you know what I mean? So I wouldn't want to explain myself in that moment and then get all the awkwardness. So the WeChat, they're just not going to, everyone will just ignore it. And if I'm ignoring it, it's going <laughs> to force you to ignore it. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, I've had a braid fall out a couple of times at various places. So I lived, I'm fine. You just pick it up or you leave it and pretend it's somebody else's and keep it moving. So I'm fine with a braid falling out. One time, I actually 
it was it was two and they were right by where I was sitting. So I just had to own them. It's like, these are mine and my hair short at the back. It wasn't that embarrassing. So I'm cool with that. Braids will fall out. Yeah, I, th- I think I think I'd go for a braid. I've not had a braid fall out since I was quite young and used to get that slidey hair. Wet and wavy, I, I think it used to be called. That hair anyway. I've not had a braid fall out since then. But I think if my braid was to fall out... I just pick that bad boy up and put it back in front of them. They know you can see I've got braids, right? What's the problem? With the wee thing, I feel like the track might be sliding down throughout the course of the day. I don't know. That's just in my head. That's just how I see it. Like the track's just getting longer and longer down. And then you can see that separation. I don't know. So I think I'd go for braid in this instant. I'd go for braid. I don't care. Next up. Would you rather never be able to go out during the day or never to be, or never be able to go out at night? So what, like a vampire? <laughs> Not like a vampire. I just put that bit in. So either you can't go out at day or you can't go out at night. One or the other. Okay. Um... I think I think I could do without going out at night time. So I'm going to go with, I need to be able to go out in the daytime. Yeah, I think I'm the same because, and what time does nighttime, is it like literally from 4 p.m., 5 p.m. or 6 p.m.? Because you could see her. No, we didn't say evening. We said night. Okay, so of course that's what I'm asking. Like, okay, so then that means I go all day till about 8, 9, 10 it's nighttime. Yeah, 10 and yeah, so That's an all day. I'm done. <laughs> uh, but then not going out at night, does that mean we can't go out for booty calls and shit like that? Yeah, but they can come to you. That's what I'm saying. So it's not, it's not a loss. The only thing is like the best night party. Hmm. And that's not often. Then you can't go to... Yeah, no, no. It'd have to be day. I think it'd have to be day. Because you can you could sneak it to midnight, isn't it? Auntie Sade. With, uh, uh, I'm gonna go with not um stay uh, not going out at night. That's what I'm gonna go. With. Um, I would not go out at night because I need the sun. I need the sun. Like imagine never being able to be out in the sunshine, in the heat, and feeling the heat on you, no matter where you went in the world. So no, I could I could do without going at night. And as as, as for parties, I just make them in the daytime, like you said, Auntie. Okay. Yeah, man. All day, all day. In the daytime. It's fine. What's what's the okay. saying? Yeah. Okay, so um, Azel shares I prefer to go out at um at the in the daytime. I think that is. And Aquia says, don't mind not going out at night. After thirty five, your bed is the best place in the world. And Nicholas says, in the UK, I prefer to go out in the day, but in hot countries, I need to go out at night. That's true. Yes. Yeah, man, Club Duvet is rocking when it, you get to a certain age, mate. Club Duvet with MC Blanket and DJ Pillow. <laughs> Last one. Would you rather be chronically underdressed or overdressed? <laughs> I think as an auntie, I'll be overdressed all day long. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think as auntie status, I get that's my right to be overdressed for no reason. Yeah, I'm gonna go overdressed. Yeah, you can stand out, stand out a bit more. I think. 
I've changed. So when I was younger, I really didn't like being overdressed because it's too much attention. And then as I've got older, I'm leaning more into you can be overdressed if you want to. But I'm still not overdressed because I still self-censor censor a lot. Like literally something I'll see on somebody else and I'll be like, that's amazing. Or even I'll sell it and be like, that's amazing. People are going to love it. I would still never wear it because I'd be like, that's too much attention. So I'm trying to go into my 40s and be more open to standing out and being overdressed because I think I've earned it. But um, yeah, I'm a work in progress. So I still go with overdressed, but that's a lie because I really, I am underdressed most of the time. Um, yeah, overdressed, definitely, 100%. I think like you, Auntie Nana, in the past, I would have said underdressed because I didn't like the attention. I don't like people looking at me, which is why I only used to wear mini skirts when I used to go raving. I wouldn't wear them on a regular because like, don't look at my legs! But um, yeah, now it's just overdressed the whole way. So what? I don't care. I'd rather be overdressed. And imagine you go to like a ball or you go somewhere and you've got like your tracksuit on and then there's other people and they look, yeah, overdressed all day long. Don't care. That's it. End of the games. Any comments on the last song? Most people are saying overdressed. And Candice says overdressed, although lockdown chic has changed me a bit this year. Yeah, yeah I hear you. Casual chic has become... Um, I looked on the website and it said um, going out dresses. And the dresses weren't going out dresses at all. I was like, <laughs> is, is this where we have come to? They were very, very understated dry dresses. And it said literally it had the category going out dresses. Anyway, time to welcome somebody to the family. And I'm going to make it short and sweet because I think we're going to talk about her in a bit. But I'm welcoming to the family, Naomi Osaka. Middle finger to everybody who's coming for her. Just welcoming our talented, talented niece to the family, and um, we'll talk about her a bit more. So it's just quick and short. Welcoming to the family, Naomi Osaka, tennis supreme young talent. Um, and now, what have you heard? Auntie, this is where we pick a news story from the past week or today, and we will discuss it. Um, Auntie Farah, what have you heard this week? All right, all right. Okay, so this week, I would like to talk about... Um, so the last week, many people across the world have reflected on what the year's been like since the murder of George Floyd and what that meant to them. Um, The Spanish Postal Service decided to release what they called equality stamps, which were a series of stamps that aimed to shine a light on racial inequality and promote diversity, inclusion and equal rights. Now, the stamps went from light to dark colours, with the lightest being the most expensive and the darkest being least in value. Um, the response was, has been met with calls that they're tone deaf and that they're accidentally racist. Now, it's obvious that they failed here and this is some real fucking dumb bullshit. But I've got a few questions for you guys. Do you think that this is accidentally racist, a term that seems to be pushed out more nowadays when people fuck up? Or do you genuinely think that they really knew what they were doing and this is just a continuation of some bullshit racism? <laughs> Auntie Shardo. Yeah, I think I think they know what they're doing. I think this is that kind of that I don't know what the term is, but that kind of um negative PR kind of thing to kind of get attention. So it's like using racist language or racist um having un- racist undertones in whatever you're pushing. 
kind of thing in order to get like a, a backlash going so you therefore get like attention on whatever your thing is I just think that that's this I think like how how stupid can you be do you know what I mean like you're pushing something that's supposed to stand for equality and they're not even the same price like it's very basic uh, you know what because I didn't hear about this I wish when um Auntie Aquia explained it to me, Auntie AK explained it to me that my reaction was the same because I literally did have my mouth open. I was just, I just started laughing. So, like, they did this so on purpose. It's, it, I think it is exactly as Auntie Shade said. It's just, it's race baiting. Like, there's no reason why, really, you would be putting out an equality stamp and it goes from light to dark and the prices get cheaper. It's just like, come on. This is like a basic, in the meeting, you would have corrected that. But, you know, I think, th- I don't, I, I, I don't even know what to say. I'm, I'm disappointed in Spain, but not surprised. But also, I'm like, why, why, why do these people do this? Like, why are they trolling us every single day from various different directions? To me, it just really reeks of how supreme we are that at every turn you have to try and be like no you guys are at the bottom everything down to a stamp it doesn't make any sense really i, I mean the i don't understand this statement so something the, the the campaign slogan said the darker the stamp the less value it will have so when making a shipment it will be necessary to use more black stamps than white i don't understand the logic, I don't understand the lot. I don't understand. I, I, I'm stuck there. I just don't understand. We don't need these um, knee-jerk performative things. To you don't need a stamp. You just don't need us. We don't need a stamp. And especially a country like Spain that probably has a different level of racism. Um, we they don't need stamps. Black people in Spain don't need stamps to recognise their. We just don't need any all of this stuff. Just change your racist ways. That's it. Just change your society. It's all dumb. But it's rubbish. It's stupid, and and I think in I don't even think I don't even know if that that it was intentional to get attention. I just literally think they just didn't give a fuck. I think they actually were like, well, no, they probably. I believe in the in the creative team. They were like, well, no one's really going to buy the black ones. Maybe they feel like in Spain there's not that many black people, so who's going to want the black one? So inadvertently, it was just a racist thought all the way around. I don't even think they even cared about attention. I think they literally thought they were doing a good thing, and I think they genuinely thought. Well, there's going to be more white people buying the white ones anyway and less people buying the black ones. So let's just value the white ones more. It's just... Uh, Auntie Farah, I don't have anything else, really. So in addition to the um, postal service, this was run by Spain's um, Department for Racism as well, like the people who deal with equality, and they passed it through they said yeah sure no problem it's fine and then they came back and said um obviously someone who has any knowledge on racism didn't actually look at this because how did it get passed but then that makes you wonder who's on that committee and what they're doing it's clearly race baiting um it's no it's it's along the lines of giving us a 50 pence piece in this country that we never saw or a letterbox that they're gonna you know color black because yeah let's do that um, so yeah, it should. It's they well knew what they were doing. I, for them to say that it is accidentally racist and tone deaf, it's not tone deaf because they said what they wanted to say loud and clear, and everybody heard them. 
I, I'm just going to add as well, like, what, like, if we're looking at, like, clothes, for example, like, do we have different prices for different sizes? We don't. Do you know what I mean? They're all friggin' one price. I mean, like, plus size, like, do you know what I mean? That's, that, you know, but the general size is, like, all the same price. It's just, it's just actually ridiculous. And I just, I think it's, like, what you're saying, like, performative, like, there's no one asks for this. No one asks for stamps. The other thing about stamps is that, do they forget that slaves were branded during slavery? Like, they were stamps. They were marked. That's so what I how, thought. how tone deaf can you get that you're going to make a stamp? Like, of all the things that you could have picked, and I, and I just, I don't know, like you said, Auntie Shardy, nobody asked for this. Not one person asked for this. They put your money into other things. The same with the 50 pence piece, the money that it took you to print those coins that no one ever saw, invest that in the communities, give it back, cut the debt, do something. No one wants a freaking stamp. And who's going to, you know, who's going to spend extra money to prove that they're not racist? Are, you, are people really going to do that? I just, yeah, I despair of these people. Um, <laughs> can I just labour the point that it's actually called equality stamps? And the white stamp is twice as much as the black right. stamp. <laughs> like, oh my god! Right. No, that's the justification is to show their inequality. If they're calling it equality, but the justification of the white stamp being more, being um, more is to demonstrate the inequality amongst oh, the racists. Oh, they're mad. Um, this is what, and what they had was um, a good old black friend involved, a Spanish rapper called El Chojin made a video for the campaign and it was supported by SOS Racism, Racismo, an anti-racism campaign group. This is why every single time there'll be a co-signer who's just needs a little knock on the forehead. Like, don't be how can you endorse this as a black person? How can you sit there and say, yeah, this is a great idea. This is a great initiative. Um, I don't know, what is it? El Shojin, I don't know, Chojin, I don't know if he's a good rapper or not, but idiot things. Let's get some comments. Okay, Miss Latang said you couldn't make this shit up. And Nicholas says, why did they have different prices for commemorative stamps? They are usually the same price if sold in a pack. And if 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 it was not racist, the only other explanation is that they were just trying to make their money back from the pandemic lockdown. Either way, it's tone deaf. Aquia says it's totally what they do. It's a poke the black bear. We shouldn't even talk about it. You should have a new category on the show called White Bait Watch, <laughs> and you should report it as such. As Nana like said, black is so magic that the machine makes us think less of ourselves, never stops. As Nelly, 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 I always forget how to pronounce this. I think it's Neely Fuller Jr. says, um, don't, if you don't understand racism and how it works, everything else you think you understand will only confuse you. It's funny. Yeah. I actually like that section idea because <laughs> they're at it I relentlessly. Like, always. We, we could Honestly. have a section just on this. Wow. Um, Auntie Shade, what have you heard? Right, I'm here. <laughs> What's happening? And then she's gone again. Then she's gone oh again. My God. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what? Why? All right, we're back. You have to speak really quickly. <laughs> okay. 
My story is about 23-year-old tennis player Naomi Osaka, 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 yes, who uh, recently come under fire for pulling out of the post-match press conference following her first win at the French Open. She previously did mention that she would be doing less press due to mental health, but she was still fined $15,000. Yeah, $15,000, right? Um, And shortly after this, um, after threats of disqualification, Naomi decided to withdraw from the tournament altogether. She said in an Instagram post, I would never, I never wanted to be a distraction. I accept that my timing was not ideal and my message could have been clearer. More importantly, I would never trivialize mental health or use the term lightly. The truth is that I have suffered from bouts of depression since the US Open in 2018 and I have had a really hard time coping with that. Naomi also mentioned that she is introverted and suffers from social anxiety. So there's been a backlash in the press. Um, with her being called immature, her being called a hypocrite. One, according to The Guardian, one publication even suggested that she was an uppity princess. And also the king of trolls, Pierce Morgan himself, tweeted, get over yourself, playing the mental health card. Um, mental health card um, is, uh, to avoid legitimate media scrutiny, is pathetic. So my question is, what do you guys, what do you make of this in general kind of thing? Are you like Team Naomi on this one? Um, or do you think that, um, do you also think that this is what we can expect um, in, you know, times to come if people pull out of things and they don't want to talk to press? And do you think there's even a need for a post-match press conference to be held? Auntie Farah. Of course. Don't Thanks worry. for the intro. <laughs> um, okay. Firstly, if someone comes out and they says that they've got mental health problems, you got to believe them. That's it. That's it. End of story. Because for you to come out and criticize them, do you know how brave someone has to be to come out and talk about their mental health problems? They have to be incredibly brave to come out and talk about it. There are people suffering in silence daily with mental health issues. And maybe she's come forward to show other people that even in her position, you can still suffer. When you look like you're fortunate and on top of the world, you can still suffer. And that should not be in by any means necessary be um, looked at or, or scrutinized in any way. It shouldn't be. If this young lady went off and killed herself tomorrow, what would people be saying? You know, all these people that have been coming out of the woodwork and calling her um, an uppity this. And I don't like the word uppity as well, because we all know who gets called uppity. If she was a white lady, would she have been called uppity? No, she wouldn't have. Um, so th- all these people need to take this into consideration. And as everyone talks about when referring to mental health, be kinder. You don't know what these people are going through. She's under an awful lot of pressure. She is still a very, very young girl who's been... F- thrown into the limelight because of her talent. Her talent doesn't mean that she needs to sit there and have be questioned by the press. Now, we've all seen Serena Williams, and I'm going to bring up another black woman. We've all seen Serena Williams go to these post-match conference press conferences and being torn apart. We've all seen it. So why should Naomi, if she's suffering from mental health and, and anxiety and she's an introvert, why should she subject herself to that? In the rules of the game, does it say that you have to do this? Because I'm pretty sure, 
does it say that you have to do this in the in the French Open? But is it across the board? Well, it, I think it's expected, but I think it's um, I think it is written into their contract because like le more less successful, it deters less successful tennis players from not doing it. Basically. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. If it's in the contract, fair enough. But I th I still feel that if you've got medical extenuating circumstances, people should cut you some slack, or some things should be done, some steps should be taken in order to ensure that those people are protected when they're doing those questions. Maybe limit the amount of people that get entry. Maybe limit the way that it's done. You know, maybe not do it straight after. It's a lot of pressure. She's been playing a long tennis game, and then she comes off, and she's getting harassed by people. You know, like I, I feel like. Mental health is a major issue at the moment, not even at the moment. It's just people are talking about it more openly now as they should feel the right to be able to do so. And people who don't suffer for it, shut up and don't make any comments because a lot of these people in the press who have also said stuff against it, they're the first to come out and start saying, well, you know, I'm, it's just my opinion. Or when they get backlash, they say, if I wasn't a strong person, look what this would do to me. You can't have it both ways. And that's that. Leave her alone. Auntie Nana. You know, it's like reading what she wrote, I first was like, this is, this is the strength of a black woman. She's following in a long line of trailblazers who you, you kind of put your neck on the line and set the tone and then change is going to follow on from her. I'm glad that she's in a fortunate position to be able to afford to pay off these fines. And she's probably going to be fined more heavily than the next person that comes after her and follows on suit that, you know, and is probably going to be treated better than she has been treated in the past. And, but yeah, I, I just salute her for actually like following in the lines of this is a part of our ancestry. You set tone, you set pace. And then you try and bring some type of um, humanity and really just compassion to your talents. It's like we're always forging forward for people or humanity. And uh, I commend her for doing this. I'm not surprised at the press. I just hope that she has a good team around her that can hold her up in this time. And she sticks to it. And she really is like, I'm going to put my mental health first because... People want to talk about mental health when a, a celebrity commits suicide. And it's always like, why didn't they disengage? Why didn't they just come off Facebook or come off Instagram or stop following stuff? But then when somebody is actively saying, I'm not dealing with the press anymore at this moment because it tears me down and then I'm not able to actually do my job effectively and I have to pick myself up. You would think other folks would be like, no, we understand. But because... It doesn't matter what you are, the sports person, the artist, is seen as a mule. It's like, how does this person have the audacity to actually state how they're feeling? And that's what more people actually need to be like. I'm not playing by this, by this tune anymore because without the talent, what does the press talk about? So you need to be respectful of the talent. And if they were respectful, more people would probably engage. So I'm, I'm really proud of her, really, really proud of her. Yeah, same. Um, it's ridiculous what's the backlash. And she is highlighting something that is, is something that needs to be discussed and sorted out. Because I think uh, I remember, apart from Serena, um, Richard Sherman and Marshawn Lynch, Lynch, the NFL players, they both came under fire in years when they were playing in the NFL for 
either giving monosyllabic answers, not wanting to answer and just saying, I'm, I'm here so I don't get fined. It is a very, it's very, it is very mule. It's very cattle market. It's very, you're a slave. And especially when it comes to black um, um, games like basketball and NFL, the contracts and the way they have the black, usually the leading black stars that push the game forward and keep it in the forefront and make loads of people money. And yet they don't make as much money and all that type of racism that goes on in those type of games. It's just like you're rolling these people out as your performative monkeys and it's not on. It's really not on. And it is that you've come from playing a hard game. Yes, it might be in the contract, but contracts and rules can be changed. That's why we're evolving. It's 2021. Let's look at how we can change the system because not every system has to stay in place. The players play hard, grueling games and then they have to sit there in front. And it's not just maybe insensitive questions about the game or maybe being because you've lost it's a sore loser and even that if you're if you've lost and you feel salty but yet you've got a smile and act like you're happy why the fuck not especially if you're competitive your drive and the energy it takes to be on the pitch or the court or wherever you are to play a game for that long and you put your whole in it your whole life into into training and you've lost and then you're expected to be smiling and jovial and responsive because people want their byline on a newspaper it just when you quantify it how does it just like i'm a journalist and I'm, I, yeah, going to a press conference is part of my bread and butter. However, it's not, I haven't literally blood, sweat and tears to the same way a sportsman, comparatively, I'm not like a sportsman when I'm in the press conference. It's a different, maybe it's an article that I've spent researching and that gets shut down. That's a different conversation, but not in the moment in a press conference where you might not even get a chance to answer your question, ask your question anyway. So it's just, it's just incomparable. And I'm, I feel really sorry for her. And Piers Morgan can really take a middle finger because he's such an idiot. I didn't want to, but I read his article just to see what he was saying. He wasn't saying much about nothing. He wasn't saying anything. He's accusing her of being petulant, but you don't know the girl. You've never spoken to her. You don't, you haven't had a one-to-one with her. You don't know anything about her apart from what you see in the press. So how can you make this judgment? And then when someone was calling him out about him walking off set, by the way, having a hissy fit when someone called him out when he was, um, um, challenge for chall- um, always getting on at Harry and Meghan. He was like, I was protecting my mental health. So he's making a joke out of it on top of that. Like, he's just, he's an arsehole. Naomi, I think, I hope she does um, push the laws to like, I think it should be, it's up to you. Why should you be fine for not talking to press? Why do you have to talk? To, what is the transaction there? Why is it in law? Why Why is it contractual? I think, or as I think Auntie Charlie or Auntie Nana said, let's have a pause, let them go do their thing and have a hold a press conference in that. Give them an hour, give them 45 minutes to calm down. You literally come off and go straight into the conference. Nah, let's change that. Give them a time to regroup, maybe get a massage, get a drink of water, have commune with their people, whether they've won or not. Then they can come out and at least they've had a time to think, collect their thoughts. Maybe it shouldn't be so on demand. What is this thing that they have to be on demand and serving that kind of slavery purpose, man? Nah, nah, not for it. Artichado. Yeah, no, I agree with all of that. I do think, like, the the journalists there, they definitely have, like, a level of entitlement that is just, like, second to none. Like, it's, it's just insane. Um, and I, I I think that, you know, usually in those press conferences, it's usually white men that are, are there kind of thing. And it's like, they, they have known to be asked inappropriate questions all the time. So it's just like, well, why would you want to willingly subject yourself to that kind of thing? I think there was in one of the articles I read, um, I think it was uh, 
Maria Chauvinot, yeah, yeah, she was like, when she was 17, was basically asked, like, you're a pin-up now, especially in England, like, is that good, do you enjoy that, like, what's that got to do with frigging tennis, do you know what I mean, like, and it's just like, there's just like so many examples kind of thing, and I just feel like that they do it to kind of like fuel um, a story kind of thing, to sell your newspapers and or whatever it is kind of thing, so it's just, it's just like an endless cycle. And I really like that she's not playing the game. Like, uh, yeah, if she's the one that's going to shake things up, then they're definitely um, good on her. And also, I, I just likened it like to the Oscars, right? So when someone wins, do, does the camera go and, 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 and interview? Does the journalist, is the journalist there interviewing the people that didn't win? The nominees, like, how do you feel in this moment right now? Like, do you know, like, what the fuck? Like, you just don't do that. It's just ridiculous. And then also as well, I just don't think press con- post-match pre- press conferences are actually needed because you can do it through social now, right? If she just wanted to go on live or whatever kind of thing, she could do it in, you know, and have more control about, you know, who's actually there. Um, and also maybe it will kind of, um, that they will they will learn their place because without the game, they don't have a role. They don't have a job. Like, do you know what I mean? So I think they need to respect it more and respect their position. Yeah, definitely. Let's get some comments. Okay. Um, Mr. Tang says yes to her boundaries. Um, Antoinette says, as for Pierce, again, he is trolling black women. You have a type, Pierce, and your fetish was not satisfied with Megan, so you're looking for a new victim. Um, and then, uh, oops, sorry, that just jumped. Um, Candice says, always pay close attention to the people who throw their toys out of the pram when you set your boundaries. And Andrea says, I think press conferences go hand in hand with those tournaments, though, as the organisers have to consider the implications on sponsorship. The prize money is the direct correlation of TV rights, high profile names participating and ticket sales. So understandably, the press interviews are part of this. Um, and then Antoinette says, I saw a YouTube clip recently of an NFL player who appeared at the press conference and said, I'm appearing here as part of my contractual duties and I don't want to be fined. This is how I will answer all questions out to me. And as sure as his word, he repeated this first part on the sentence in response to every question. That's smart. That's how you deal with them and retain your own self-preservation not all the time you have to give, give, give. Yeah, that's what Marshall and Lentz did. I think Marshall and they was like gave like saying, yep, 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 and just yeah, like just answering yes to everything or not just giving them what they want. It's it's, it's intrusive. Um and mm. Pierce has taken a picture. <laughs> he's shown a picture of he's done the whole I've got a black friends. He should have oh. a picture of him and Serena. It's like, come on, like piss off. And yeah, in his, in his statement, he kind of likened them likened Naomi to Harry and Meghan. It's just like, why? Why? And it's so obvious that you're trying it for attention, but you're doing exactly what you're calling these people out for. And he is someone that needs to be ignored. But because he embeds himself, because I was going to have, I think I was going to make it my new story as well, because I saw somewhere that apparently, I don't know, it might have been just gossip that Good Morning, um, whatever, GMB are asking him to come back because ratings are low. I don't, low. I don't think that's true. I hope it's not true. I hope 
it's not true. But it's just like that's typical. A white man like that, it's so vile, so nasty, you just fade up. You can do all of that and still catch people's attention and still be talking and people are still endorsing him. And it's on the back and pain of some, again, racism, racism everywhere. And he'll say there's no racism and all that type of stuff. But about Naomi, look, anyway, she's got the support. No one cares. The, what um, someone said was about what she's worth. And it is about, like I think Andrea was saying about the contracts and endorsements and sponsorship. They all go hand in hand. But again, rules can be changed and contracts can be adapted and you don't have to stick to those things. So the PREF conscience is so short and or it's not that long and it's I, I don't, it's really integral. I, I understand people are saying that if it wasn't for the press conferences and stop and the presence of the stars and the presence of the press, sorry, creating these, especially sports like tennis that aren't as popular as football and basketball, for example, if it wasn't for the press conferences, people wouldn't know who they were. But I think they would because no matter what, they'll we'll find a way. Because there's other industries that don't have press conferences and people are still made famous. So there's ways around this post-sport. It doesn't say don't have press conferences and maybe not immediately after the game when people are all emotionally and not in their best state. Whether they've won, even when they've won, it could be a lot. You might not want to be seen. You might be feeling really emotional and crying, doing your ugly cry because you're so emotional. But you don't want to get that image plastered across the world. There could be so many reasons. It's not just about winning or losing. And Piers was like, she doesn't want to be criticised and da 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 But... And also, if I lose and I've had a bad game, I don't want to be criticised. No, I don't. And I have every right to not want to hear it. My coaches who criticises me, the people in my circle who train me can criticise me. But why do I want to sit there? Why should I have to sit there and hear you not say, well, you fumbled this and did it? I don't want to hear that. Yes. I, and it could also be said that certain people on certain programmes don't want to be criticised either. So Exactly. Like, it's, it's, it's within our right. You're allowed. Anyway. It's just like the athletes, like when they do the races and stuff, and they've lost, and it's just like this man with a freaking in front of them. It's like give them a minute; they're freaking out of breath. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just like this obsession with like, oh, let me just let me just capture your misery. Like, you know, man, give them a break. And also, if you react like get out, then that's the one that's going to go around the world. Yeah, you know, you're not what's the word? You're not gracious, ungrateful arrogant which is all the things they said about serena in the past exactly but they'll do that anyway so win or lose they're going to take however you come across and turn it to a negative especially if you're a black person 100 percent. exactly let's not forget that interviewer who interviewed serena at the end of the game and said i've been waiting 14 years to ask you if you are insecure about supermodels paraphrasing but basically that's what he said imagine that nonsense wow and then you've got to sit there and that's gracious. And bad enough when she's on court and she's showing some vim, she doesn't. She gets criticised. John yeah. McEnroe and the like can show all that and just get hailed as bad boys. It's just the it's, get out, get out. Yeah. No, me do you, man. Um, Auntie Nana, what have you heard? Okay, so um, Obama's back in the in the news cycle. So former U.S. President Barack Obama on Wednesday said he felt institutional constraints in speaking up for black victims of injustice during his stay at the White House. Even And this is a quote from him. Even while I was in the Oval Office, I was viewing it through different prisms. Part of me was wildly enthusiastic just to see this resurgence and activism because my inspiration and vision of politics starts from the bottom up not from the top down, said Mr. Obama. Um, And then he goes on to say that he had frustration. It was frustrating for him 
during his due to his institutional role and he went as far as he could while commenting on cases like Trayvon Martin and Ferguson. So I just wanted to get you guys' views on this and why you think now um, President Obama is, is speaking up about this and if he has an agenda, if you think he does, or do you understand what he was faced with and sympathise with him? Um, I'll go. I, I, if we put all our tin full hats aside and, you know, throw some chicken with them for a minute, I think that it would be, it makes perfect sense that the first black president couldn't do a lot of black things because obviously. So I understand if that's absolutely factual. I believe that he was, because I mean, it, it was in during his, during his time, during his terms, he was blocked from making decisions. He was like, the, they kept well, they filibustering, all that type of stuff. They kept blocking him at every turn. So they did, the Republicans were never going to give him the house. They were never going to give into whatever he said, everything he said, every decision he made, he was blocked and he faced um, a, um, a pushback. So that's understandable, understandable. Um, why are you speaking up now? It's, I mean, now you can, isn't it? It's like all black people that get into these spaces. It's a long wait before they feel like they're comfortable to start talking without getting repercussions. Um, he can talk now if, if, that's, if so he feels. He's long moved out of that space. Um, and, but the only thing I say, I, I just, the only thing I would think is why I wouldn't go into politics is exactly that. What can you do as a black person? What can you, what do you really believe you can do in these positions? So what, and I, I'm not saying you shouldn't because obviously we need to, but how far does it get? How far reaching does a black, real for us, by us, black person in power get in a Western country? Even in our own countries, we, they don't get far because of Western intervention. So I'm just like, oh, well, you, you, I mean, you're a symbol, a beacon of light and inspiration and hope. You've done your bit. People still revere you and Michelle as the black family, the black couple, black inspiration, black power, all that black pride. You did, you did something for people. So if you want to talk to things, I, I'm really, I, I want to hear you talk to things, but talk to the real things. Don't do the surface talking because there's no point. We, I get that. I get that you would have been stopped, but I don't know how far you were stopped. And that's where I put my hat back on, my Tim Ford hat back on. You're related to them people them in some way as well. So, and there's there's puppeteering when it comes to who sits in the chair. So, what did you know to what you didn't know? To what was your con? What what did you concede in order to be in this position? So that's my thoughts in a jumble. Auntie, no, I'm Shade. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really mind Obama that much to be honest. Like, I think he's just. He's a product of his uh, situation. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's a politician at the end of the day. So I think he's going to be, any politician is going to be constrained in some sort of way, right? Um, no matter what party that they, um, you know, do you know what I mean, stand for. Even, you know, Trump will probably say that he was constrained. He does say he was constrained in, in certain ways with his wall and whatever it is. Do you know what I mean? And, you know, he's, he's a Republican. Um 
so yeah, I think that that is just the nature of things, and each party will try and do as much to stop the uh, opposing party. So yes, I, I can absolutely believe that. I do think that um, he could have easily not spoken up about you know the black issues when they arose. Anyway, he could have done that. Um, he could have ignored things. He he done. I think he. It seems like he done the best that he could, um, given the constraints. And also as well, like in in art, like he's like the first one. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like seriously, I feel like we need a couple under our belt to kind of get exactly what we want. I think he's got us closest to where we needed to be. But then also as well, I do think that why now is probably he's trying to carve out a role for himself, right? He's trying to, you know, I don't, I don't know what his next moves are, but he does have to like atone for that in some sort of way. So it's good that he's speaking publicly about it and actually addressing that um, situation. And that, that's accountability. And I, I, I don't have a problem with that at all. I think, um, I think yeah, good for him to do that. Um, yeah, I don't really have... I don't have really much conspiracy theories about him. <laughs> I just think that he's a politician. <laughs> so you're going to get what you get with politicians in general anyway. As far. Yeah, I'm not surprised that he wasn't able to fully do what he wanted to do because I don't think anyone in the chair can. And that's anybody, black, white, pink, orange, whatever the hell you are, I don't think you can. And I think that most definitely, as the first, as Auntie Shade said, black man, they definitely weren't going to have him just bringing in laws that were, you know, beneficial to us as a people. Not fully anyway. I mean, he, look how much they fought him on um, healthcare. And that was for everybody. Um, so I, I, I'm not surprised that he's saying it now because he's far enough away from having sat in the chair for him to be able to say things now. And it's not as though he's saying it because Trump's there and he's saying, I wasn't able to do stuff. He's saying it, there's a democratic, there's a democratic leader and he's, um, and he's saying it now. So, you know, there's probably a reason behind that as well. And and additionally, like, uh, you know, he probably is trying to carve out a place for himself. And there is a sense of atonement there because a lot of people ask the question, including people on this show, including people in the comments that have said before, well, he didn't do enough and I don't think he did anything or what did he actually do? And I suppose if he's saying that my hands were tied, I wanted to do more, I wanted to say more, but I couldn't that's him expressing himself and he has come out since and you know made statements about when people have been brutally killed by the police um I think when you're the president part of being the president is to try and remain neutral if you're a good president anyway you have to represent all the people not just some of the people unlike the last president that was there I I think that's what you're supposed to do anyway so I don't have any conspiracy conspiracy theories in in regards to Obama, I think he feels free enough to probably talk about this now, and that's that. Auntie Nana. Okay, so just me then was thoroughly pissed off at <laughs> reading this. I was blatantly like, this guy has the biggest cheek. Um, and yeah, I had no understanding. And he even refers to Trump, like similarly to what you said, Auntie Farah, like, you know, the last president would speak at a turn and influence justice. And I didn't feel like I could speak on things because I didn't want to influence the judges or whatever. But everybody else does. I hate this kind of cookie cutter, his perfection. 
that he had to be the perfect man when you're in an imperfect country where for centuries it's been run in the white man's favour and you managed to get there and you didn't even do the, the basics of things for black people. Like you didn't even try, really to me, because I get legislation, couldn't get passed, but his words meant so much. He's such an orator. It's like, actually, he could have done some really powerful speeches and especially in his second term, because there's nothing to well, to seemingly lose by you speaking up now and saying your thoughts. Unless you have vested interests that are not for your people and him kind of coming around and spilling little tidbits now, I it, it frustrates me how black people are lapping up and being like, yeah, I understand. And the bullshit to understanding. He managed to get into one of the premium positions and he didn't play a position in our favour. That to me is, the, as Auntie Chade says, that's a heinous crime against black people. I put him in that category. It like frustrates me. I, I really do want to like him and Michelle, but I feel that they're traitors. And it annoys me that people are so willing to kind of forgive them and give them excuses. Because like the, what they represent, it's not what we are being sold. It, basically, they're selling us a dream and not actually holding up a dream. And I hate that this is, they, they keep on popping up. They He really pisses me off. It's like either say everything or say nothing because then it's clear where your lines are. But he kind of like teeters around. I, I, I envision him like a snake. I give him snake status. I I get your frustration. I think the problem the problem is, the problem is, is the power we give the mystery man like the man in capital letters, because that thing has done a number on us, in quotes, um, that you get taken out if you do too much as a black person. So it's a lot. So I can, I, I have two straight, I understand your frustration, I understand your anger. And I do look at them kind of side, or even Michelle, as much as I, I she she's such a strong, powerful image of a black woman that I revere, similarly to Oprah, but it's just like them. It's just because of the way we are in this world and what we understand about the world to be and the world of politics. It's at what cost? At what? What are we not? What are we missing? What are we missing by falling for the vision of what it is, um, the hope and the dream of them? But I think there's a reality that being in that space, we can't discount the fact that people, black people who have been powerful orators, just for or just for speaking up and inspiring a nation of black people, they get killed, they get taken out. So it's a lot, I think, I, I, I feel there's a, there's a portion of me that's like, what would I do in that position? How would I be? I can be outspoken from here, but what would I do if I really was in that seat? But that's why I say for myself, I wouldn't even go into that seat. I couldn't because I would be so frustrated not being able to do it and I would be scared. I probably would toe the line and be getting cussed after my tenure because... <laughs> I didn't speak up because I'm like, I'm so fucking shit scared right now. I don't want to say shit. Let me just do my small, small bits and be the beacon of light. And that's it. And let me just go. We've done that. Let's take me and my children. My two, remember, they've got two kids as well. Let me just do my thing and go. So, And I, I think I get the frustration. I can't take that away from anybody. But I also think we cannot. There's The man is a mystical thing that has built his um, specter and his legend and his power just on word alone. We now say 
we do like a lot of black folks we do the work for white people but we don't, they don't have to do anything they can imply that we're gonna this is what's gonna happen based on past facts and past experiences and then we run with it and then we don't do anything it's like that what do you call it the crabs in the barrel where we don't climb up because we're so scared of what could be at the top so there's under there's that not crabs in the barrel it's the other one it's the fleas in the pot in the jar or whatever um huh fleas in a jar is it the one where you know there was fleas in the jar and they were jumping, jumping, but then they kept hitting themselves, they hit their heads on the lid. And one day the person took the lid off, and because they were so scared of hitting their heads on the lid, they didn't, they never jumped again. Oh, that's, I've that's never heard of that one, but yeah, yeah I can yeah, see analogy. Right. Yeah, but it's not crabs in the bowl, crabs in the bowl pulling each other down. Um, so it's the fleas in the jar analogy. So I get, I, I get the fear. I get the fear. I get the fear. I mean, the other day, though, I mean, he was telling us about the aliens and stuff. You know what I mean? So I feel, I feel like now he's allowed to speak. He's the same, same. But even that, even the aliens thing, <laughs> say the things properly. He was like, yeah, so, you know, it's like the, there are unidentified, you know, the new term that they use. Like yes. I've seen them, but he didn't go for, he knows that they're in communications with that. He's not telling all the truth. He knows it's yeah. not flying objects. He knows he has sat down with an alien. He knows this. Well, they, say, they say that, um, uh, well, conspiracy, according to conspiracy theory, one of his bodyguards is apparently an alien. And of that's But this is the thing. Imagine now you're sitting in an office and you know the fact that you're the black man in power, they had to employ an alien to make sure you don't get assassinated. <laughs> and when you know that, I ain't saying shit. I'm like, brruh, 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 brruh. like, keep me protected. <laughs> No, if he's going to talk, he needs to talk properly. But I do agree with that. The only way I will forgive him, I'm not going to forgive him. No, he knows what he's done. And I know what he's done. And I'm not forgiving (laughs) him. Let's get a comment. Okay, sorry, I've got to scroll up. Um... All right, so Aquia, the first black president became president because he was a cre- he was a creature serving the interests of his party first. He would never have got that high if he had been a rebel. It's sim- it's as simple as that. Whoever pays you tells you what to do. Um, Obama talking now was part of creating a fiction that makes him a hero. They will have a statue of him next to Mandela, the other black fiction hero people still love. Neither he or Mandela are friends to the black cause. The system is the system. And if you are in it, then you work for it. Simples. Miss Latang says, I think accountability will, will be when he spills the tea fully, not these little tidbits. Precisely. Um, Ronald said, I understand what he meant. He and Michelle had to walk on eggshells. He's probably speaking out now because people have been criticizing him for not being more vocal when he was president. And Nicholas says, fleas in a jar is correct, Auntie AK. And Auntie AK, and the queer says, Auntie AK, fuck a beacon of light. We have the sun. We don't need Obama as a beacon. He certainly don't need any more orators. I mean, what's the point of another person telling us what there is, that there is racism and it should end? Yeah, and no, I'm, I'm, I get that. I'm, I'm not saying he, is my beacon of light, but I get like there's a position that they probably resided in, and like you know what, let's keep ourselves alive, and we'll, the best <laughs> we can do is be a beacon of light to the people because he did inspire them. He has inspired a bunch. You can't take that away. He, he has, has he inspired. Have. 
um, both of them have inspired a generation and, and, and a nation. So they have I have a question. I'm thinking of being like, okay, so can you really be like, I'm a leader, but I was being controlled? Does that not actually negate being a leader? Because as a leader, should you not be setting pace and setting the tone? Absolutely. So for him to be respectful... That's not how it works. That's not how it works for any leader. I'm I'm saying the the ideology of it. Like, you're a leader, you're a beacon, you're being heralded. Is it not that what I stand for, I would die on this? Like, I, I would die for what I believe in. I would die for the freedoms of my people. As a leader. I, I, I would give that as a leader. Like, the people that have been killed or assassinated, it's because they went out on an absolute limb against the system, and then they, they were taken out for it. But I feel like their legacy means way more than... I'm going to toe the line to survive because people looked up to me. I think that's really no, weak. No, that's a big. It's just harsh. That's I see. It's a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Like him wanting to to so the fact that he's survived this far as a black leader is something. Do you know what I mean? Like the people get taken out so much quicker when they when they when they when they speak on anything. You know, and also as well, like Auntie Farah says. He, his his job, and if he's taking it, I think like sometimes when black people get into powerful positions, they um, they want to kind of like toe the line, so to speak, or they don't want to mess up, right? They don't want to mess up because of what it means to so many people, so many of us who come from many different backgrounds, actually. Do you know what I mean? So it's just like, how can... For him to mess that up would have been massive as well. That would have been weighing on his head. That if he slipped up, or if Michelle slipped up, or if his children slipped up, do you know what I mean? What the impact would that? What would that legacy mean? Do you know what I mean? Because it would be like if he done if he done something for them to justifiably, from their point of view, take him out or take him down, like say Bill Clinton, like say, do you know what I mean? Like President Bush or even Trump. Do you know what I mean? Like that, it would have destroyed everything so i feel like i'm not saying that he's necessarily the be all and end all but he is one type of black leader and i think in that type in that box he's done all right i think they have definitely done all right do you know what i mean i think you know you're gonna you have different you have different types and you have your more like um you know hardcore activist um type people like it's not and for real change, you need people on different levels coming from different angles, I think. I, I, I don't know. I, don't I think know. also, I think, do you know what Obama should do? Is also talk about what he tried to push through. And that would also assage some people's doubts about him. What did you try and put through and what was blocked? For real, for real. Like I, I, I think what I strongly agree is if you're going to talk, the tip bits is, no, is pointless because it doesn't help anyone. It's just talk the talk or don't. And just, I understand, I can understand his pressure. I don't know he's feeling it, but I would talk the talk and talk as much as you can. And for the little bits just seems a little bit, it can look self-serving depending on what's next in line for him and his wife and his family, what he's got planned, what he's lining up to do. But you need, you need to talk real and frankly and say, these are the things I tried to push forward. These are what I was blocked. And this is what I, the initiatives I had for black people and my black agenda, but he's not really said that. So that's the part where people, I can understand why people are doubtful. But generally, yeah, I think if he was taken out early, 
um, for whatever reason or brought down, that would then deter a whole, would that deter a whole bunch of people even daring to run for president or thinking that they can make a change? What effect will that have on us? Because it's also reinforcing the fact we've got enough leaders that have been killed. Malcolm, Martin, um, in your own country that's just been killed. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. impact of that is just, you know, it it does deter people. It's 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 controlling people by fear. You know, so I do I do think that it's you know there is good symbolism there. Say again. Okay, so you speak up, you get killed. Yeah, you not get killed. You serve what they want. That's exactly. the same shit. But, uh, that's thing, the... but also as well, hasn't uh, I don't know if Obama to me has never been the the person. He's he's never seen to me. He's never come across as a black activist, right? Do you know what I mean? He's always been a politician to me who is a black man. That's the way I kind of see him. See, I kind of see him. I, I don't think know. on his come up, he did. He it was very like. Shirt, you know, sleeves rolled up activist. He, that's it. That's his come yeah. up it's, it's, in it's, Chicago. It's, I think that's how he was definitely seen. Yeah, what I've read about it, that's how he came into politics. It was the activism route through law, yeah. but it was like he was grassroots, a part of lots of different organizations. Um, yeah. and obviously, within that, from the little that I know of a few people that have been courted by the Labour Party. They do scout those on the ground people and then they go through the process. And I imagine in America it's the same. You're like, this person seems to be able to gather people and then they start adding on what they can do for them. So I, I don't trust I don't trust him because I feel like he's such a good speaker. And I'm um, talking this like I went to his inauguration in, in London. I was like sold. I donated money that literally was absolutely this guy is something special and I and really put quite a bit of faith in him being if I'm honest I really wanted him to be a black Trump and maybe that's why I actually like am a bit of a fan of Trump <laughs> not for me but for what he did that you got yeah. there and you were true to the type of agenda for white people. You were true to it though. But he, didn't, thing, he didn't deviate. And I wanted I wanted that for Obama. I wanted him to get there, never especially in his like second that. term, and just be like, no, shit's got to change. Even if it doesn't change, but just say it. Just say it. Be the one man, the first president, to just say it once. But I think that that's, that's, that's your expectation. I, I, I just don't, I don't think that he ever really kind of came across like that was the type of person. Also, he's for the Democratic Party and they don't do that. Do you know what I mean? They are traditionally, they're like, you know, we go high. If the, when they go low, we go high. Do you know what I mean? All that kind of stuff. They're, they're not there to rock the boat. All they do is kind of like, I've reinforced the status quo and do take small little steps to progress. That's what they do. That's how their parties run. So I don't think there were ever going to be a situation where Obama was going to be Trump-like, like not at all. And 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 then and also they wouldn't let him. There's there's just no way they would have shut it down. <laughs> Serious. Well, and, additionally, and additionally, he is the first. And as the first, there's only so much that you can do. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. we put a lot of pressure on firsts. There's an awful lot of pressure on the person who's first. Like we were talking about Serena and stuff like that. There's so much pressure 
on her because she's yeah. the first black person, woman to win Wimbledon, you know, her and her sister. There's a lot of pressure on black athletes. There's a lot of pressure on black artists. There's a lot of pressure on the Oprah. There's a lot of pressure for them to behave and be a certain thing and be everything to all people all the time. And I think if you're the president, that's pressure as well. And you've got to be serving your country not just your race. And I think he felt that pressure and he doesn't feel it anymore. So that's why he's chatting the chat. Maybe not enough, but maybe there's still people who've got their guns pointed in his direction. But so he can't great. talk the talk as much as I have. I have another question. Why is it that everybody else can be race first apart from black people? Exactly. I didn't say no, that we can't be. Not, I don't think they... Uh, the framing of your question is a bit suggestive. But yeah, it's the truth. You said he should be for the country and not his race. But I said, as president, is I said as president, country second. As but president, that, but that is yeah. the job of the president, right? That's, that's they're supposed to do that kind of thing. But with Republicans in general, they tend to push white supremacy. That's their that's their the underlying of their thing. But he's a Democrat. That's not what they're pushing. They're pu- they're pushing what they're pushing is equality. That's what they're trying to push. Do you know what I mean? So that's not black first. That's equality. But that's what it is. That's what it wow. is. Well, that's what, that's, that's what we're giving. Perfect, and I'm not saying I, I agree with it. I'm just saying that that's what it is. You're never going to get, you're never going to get like a Trump-like black person in power because for that, your whole party would have to be that kind of mentality, that kind of push. Like even, even, even when it comes to debates and everything, they they don't use the power that they should use when they're yeah, trying they to be Republicans. That's, that's a, the Democrats don't do that, and that's a party trait. That's the party. Trait. That's the part that makes me feel suspicious of them as well, because it's like underlying is pushing the white agenda, really, because you're not pushing anything different. Yeah, that's right. That is politics. In general, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. No, but but I mean, it's like we kind of can back that up with when we get a bit of power because we've all been socialized in the same so, system. Now it's the question. same thing. Sorry, just to interrupt you real quick. But I can ask a question. So, if Sean Bailey got into, is Sean Bailey? If he got into power, do you think he would be? He would have been like for black people. No, no he's proven that from time. <laughs> but he's. <laughs> I say no Preeti Patel no matter what you lot think Nana's got this thing where she reckons that Preeti's going to come into power and say what are you white racist people it's time no, our time. I don't no, no I think she's going to come into power and expel all of us but as long as you give us 30 grand to go I don't really right. or 100 grand but no no I think she'll they'll elect her because she yeah, I think she'll get rid of everyone. Oh, so you don't think it's like her in game? Okay, I thought no, I thought no, no, no. I thought you meant like she's gonna do it and then turn things around. Oh, okay. No, no yeah. that chick is not a savior in any way. She is the the, the one that okay. will get rid of us. Okay, okay. So my question: yeah. Do you think there's going to be another black president in America after Obama? In yeah. about 150 years time. No, and I don't do you think, think they're going to be rabble rousers? Do you think yeah. they'll do you think they'll have the black agenda at hand? I think it will get it will get there. Like if they're with the Democratic Party, if the Democratic Party doesn't split, because I think actually it's in danger of splitting at the moment, which is like you know the extreme Democrats kind of thing, which is like AOC and uh, I can't remember their names. If it, if it was them and they were split and then they got in, then yes, I think that that is 
definitely possible, 100%. But if they stay together as they are, I think it will be very small steps. Like, you know, do you know what I mean? But I think what will happen, I think we'll probably keep on going back and forth where it's probably going to go Republican again and it will get worse and it needs to get really, really bad for people to make it, um, you know, you need chaos. You need actual devastating chaos for there to be actual change in the minds of an average person, which is, yeah. Let's get the comments and move on. (laughs) (laughs) Did you say within 100 years? Or like 100 years to go before one came along? Who well, said 150? I said 150. Oh, I, 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 I was thinking, what? Yeah. I, I, no, I took um, um, 12 years, and it's going to be Michelle Obama. It might be Michelle, you know. Yeah. She'd get it, but I don't know if she wants it. And she doesn't want it. She might get puppet in. But then, you know what? Boris Johnson also said the same thing that he never wanted to be prime minister. He said no, he, he wanted, wanted it. His name was on the docket. So I don't know. It was on the docket. Let's get the comments. Let's get the comments. All right. Um, <laughs> okay, so Antoinette says, when Malcolm X was a member of the Nation of Islam, he used to start all his speeches with the Honourable Ayyemullah Muhammad teaches. He was viewed as a leader, but still referenced his leader. So you can be a leader and be under the control of an, of another. Um, Nicholas says, I agree, Auntie Nana, speaking truth to power is signing your death warrant, but that is true leadership. This is why when people jump on the bandwagon of leadership, you have to see what they have sacrificed. Um, and Antoinette says, after Malcolm X left the um, Nation of Islam, he never referenced Elijah Muhammad when speaking. He found his own voice. So maybe at that point he was, he could have been viewed as a leader because he was speaking freely without constraints. Maybe that's why he was silenced. Uh, and the Candy says, maybe Corbyn, Auntie Nana, not Trump. <laughs> And um, as Nicholas says, as a follow-on to Auntie Nana's question, if there is a Jewish leader who pushed the Jewish agenda, who do you think would stand against them over the country? Um, And Nicholas goes on to say, Sean Bailey is barely for himself. And Ronald says he didn't live up to an unrealistic expectation, too bad. And Candy says, yes, I do think they will have another president. Uh, Queer says, yes, they will have many black men and women presidents because presidents work for their party and no one else. (laughs) Red Border says, Meghan Markle (laughs) is going to go for president. I could actually see her doing that, to be fair. Isn't she Canadian, though? And the first thing that she should do is ban certain people from entering that country or being seen with TV. (laughs) That would be interesting. That would be so interesting. I want want Michelle to do it, but boy, I feel feel for her. I don't want her to do it, but she, I feel like, yeah. Anyway, my auntie, okay, what have you heard? Well, I've heard that black people in the UK at the bottom, no, have zero property wealth the zero pounds in property wealth and i saw it and i was like good grief um in a report by bloom there's an article that i saw in bloomberg equalities and wealth um and it's literally just saying that nowhere is a divide starker than in london where almost 60 percent of black people in england and Wales reside and living costs eat up the potential for any savings um blah, 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 blah. 
the UK capital is one of the most expensive cities in the world where no one can get on the housing ladder unless your parents were lucky enough to own their own homes. Um, and obviously gentrification, all those type of things come into it. So when I was looking at the thing, it says the media, the UK median household net property wealth um, but that was uh, from the Office of Nat- National Statistics between April 2016 and March 2018. Top of the ladder is Indians with 176,000 um, in net property wealth. Then it's white British at 115, Pakistani at 115 also, other Asian background, 50,000, Chinese, 40,000, other white, 37,000, mixed multiple, 30,000, Bangladeshi, 26,000, Black Caribbean, Black African at zero. Um, I don't know what you think about that. What do you think? Yeah, what are your thoughts? That's bullshit, because zero means that no black person owns anything. So that's fucking bullshit. Even if they had said 0.123%, that would have made more sense. To say zero is bullshit, because zero means nobody, nowhere, none. And I know, and we all know, black people who own property, who own property that they live in, who own property that they lease out. So that is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, just exactly that. Like, I looked over it when it came in, and I read it, and I was like, "No, it says zero Then I read it again, like what that zero could represent, and it's just zero. And it's like, well, that's just a whole fat lie. And again, it's baiting. It's like, what? What is this? And this is the relentlessness. Because then, after that article, there was another one that kind of had a similar thing about like the wealth gap that came up as well on the I guess you're interested in in hearing about how shitty black people are doing so let's give you more shittiness and it was just like oh come on you guys if you go down this road of searching for this material there's so many stats and articles but how does that make any sense because it, it how can we have zero that doesn't even there's there's a whole bag of black millionaires everywhere in every country that there are. There, there, there are definitely discrepancies in how much we earn, but there's still people that do really well. So zero doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But it, it, again, this serves an agenda because it, it, to me, it's like, oh, but you still had Indian up there. So, you know, it's like you don't go into the, oh, this is wholly racist because they had other races in there doing really well. But it comes under firmly it is racism and it's anti-blackness and it's not true yeah i just i i uh i didn't look at it um so i don't know what the i wonder like because sometimes you can manipulate statistics isn't it do you know what i mean so it's just like okay well, what does that mean in context um it might not mean exactly that there's no people that own any property but it might just mean the percentage value or something like that so even then I, I i don't agree with it i'm not saying that i agree with it at all that's it's it's ridiculous and i think it is very very dangerous um and anti-black as auntie nana said um it's just ridiculous but i just i think that you know we just have to ignore this kind of stuff really do you know what i mean like we can't really put this at the forefront of our minds like i i, I just think it's i don't know it's just when i think about all the people that i know and over there parents own properties or do you know what I mean or they own properties <laughs> what are they talking about what are they talking about it's nonsense this is actually nonsense so yeah I think this one can go straight in the bin 
and it just needs to go straight in the bin. Nonsense. As you far out. Oh, I spoke, but I do have more. I thought you would have wanted to say something. So basically, um, like we've all said. I forgot myself. <laughs> it's fine. It's all makes a change. Um, <laughs> Not personal. Like, it, it's to, I would definitely agree that there is a difference in the amount of property that black people own to the other races. Definitely, because we don't have generational, generational wealth, much of it anyway. Um, but, you know, certainly our generation, I would say that a lot of our parents own their own houses or within our own generation people have started to buy their own properties and invest in properties let's not forget that the black entrepreneurs property investors who gave a house away the other day as part of a raffle when they do this all the time so to say that it's zero zero means nobody and no matter how much you manipulate the percentages if it was that it's not point as i said before 0.1 percent of the population then say that don't say zero because zero means 0.0000000000000 that's what zero is that's what you get so i don't know i think it is race baiting once again it's like making it seem as though we don't have, we don't aspire to anything we have nothing to aspire to like it's just yeah it's it's ridiculous you can definitely say that there is a gap because there is a gap and we know why there's a gap, but don't make out like no one don't own no houses because we do. Yeah. I mean, I read this and I was like, what the hell is going on? Because um, I literally, and it was ironic. I saw this last week and I literally just had a conversation with a friend who was talking about her and her, 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 um, her mother's her, her family. The mother's left the house to them in her will. And then she's like, my brother's got four properties. My sister's got two properties. I've got this one. And it was just like, this is a, such a, the zero threw me off as well. So I was looking at it and I thought, okay, so what do we do with this information? Because the only thing I took from it is lack of it, what, is there enough information about, um, are we disseminating enough information about property wealth and wealth and generational wealth within our community? That's all I took from this in regards to what I'm going to take because the zero was doesn't make any sense. But what are we doing enough? Is there enough information? Is there enough? Is there enough knowledge about ways to accumulate wealth, generational wealth, and things like that? Because I think it was a conversation. Like, I'm, just, no, I'm just asking. No, no, no. Like, oh, I'm yeah. just going to say that like, if it's not true, how do you know what the real figures are? So why no, exactly. We can't yeah. trust the information to be true. Yeah. No way yeah. we think here because it's not true. <laughs> but, that, but my thing is not not even using that, just a conversation generally about how we are looking at genera- generational yeah. wealth and but stuff. And just at the this, so, do you know what I mean? But this is what I'm saying. It's like, it's put, like it's it's almost like slightly accepting this false narrative that yeah. we're not doing enough or we're not buying enough or we don't have enough. When we actually do, this is the thing. And it's like, why even this is this is the the anti-blackness that seeps into like so subtly like oh but that's, yeah, the, part, but that's the part where we should get onto some property level what they're on the property level <laughs> like, you know, no, 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 no 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 i'm just my <laughs> thing is pulling away from this because that's why i said this is not the thing but if we were going to have a conversation about generational wealth and investment are we what's the conversations that you're having with young maybe it's just conversations are to be honest you know what i mean yeah. like i think more and more like it's it's common knowledge that you know there is a path to, to, you know, that you can go down in terms of if you want to invest. Property is always a good idea. I think that is kind of like, in terms of wealth creation and wealth knowledge, especially I think the black community does a good job in educating its youth. I really do in terms of that, that type of thing. I, I, I think so. I, I think, think what these articles do, though, is exactly what it's done. 
it plants this seed like are we even talking about this why are we down there it does all of this so that we we kind of throw off kilter and we go into we could be doing more when there are so many things that they put in place so they want you to be in that frequency of we could be doing more we should be hustling who wants to be in this property trap with with this country where they're just basically taking your money yeah, from you exactly. it's not worth what you pay for it it isn't this land is barren so really it's like actually we should be more discussing we have this level of wealth that we're accumulating here we should be going somewhere else where the land is actually of something has some substance can grow things mean something to the world and we should be moving that way then thinking about what properties are owned in the uk by black people actually maybe indians are stupid for having all their properties here and being at the top of that list and maybe black people are being really smart because they've been taking their money similar to polish people or romanians and they've been building back home where they are and it hasn't been going into the uk flipping taxes and everything else and building up this this barren land maybe that's what it is but they're not going to present that they're going to present us on a chart at the bottom because they want us to think that's where we we are and we're not you're raising us right. for a reason I was going to say, but that's the point where sometimes whoever, there's going to be people who read that, black people who are like, oh my God. So that's why I was saying, speak on it because it's the counter narrative to what's out there in an article by something like Bloomsburg. Do you know what I'm saying? So people take that as authority. So it's just reinforcing what we know because some of the people need to hear it from us ourselves rather than you see in an article it becomes it becomes kind of some sort of as you said it's a seed plant and it's expanding and extending on the the, the brainwash that we're not doing anything we're not doing enough because i think we've had conversation even before like in quotes like it's very you know um uh, i'm generalizing but they're saying in france people don't even people rent it's not a big thing to own property yeah. like that's the narrative in france it's like you don't have to rent you just rent because you're not taking it with you so they don't have the same um what do we call it they don't have the same uh, place the same yeah importance on property they're well wherever they do their wealth it's a different thing and also it's, this is a kind of could be an agenda for us to all oh my god let's get on the property like, let's do this and then put more money into the coffers of the uk so that's my point is like speak on it because then it counters the narrative that gets put out there go on auntie Barra. um i was just going to say like what auntie nana mentioned about the fact that maybe our property isn't here as well and these statistics don't show that i know lots of people who have built back home and they are mortgage free they own it for they own the land that it sits on and they own every single brick that the house is built with exactly. every single one um so the statistics actually state that it this zero comes from subtracting the debts or mortgages held against those assets again i know black people who are mortgage free so that zero is unrealistic there are hundreds and hundreds and thousands of black people who brought their properties in the 60s and 70s and 80s who are now mortgage free so to say that you know they're still paying off debts it's bullshit we just know that it's bullshit stop baiting us in, into making us look like as everyone said here we're not doing enough we're not being you know we're not investing enough we're not smart enough we are we're all of those things and more so shut the fuck up basically yeah i i, I hear you, i hear you. i think this actually is a a, a valid point to go off on these things because i guess there yeah. is there is a, a actual community of people and lots of people who feed into these things and think i could be doing better and they beat themselves up when they read these articles that are just full of shit but really everybody 
I guess it's in the education. Um, but that's the I remember who it was. Somebody was talking about, you know, the kind of um, market, it's gone out of my head, um, MLM selling, like, you know, like the kind of pyramid selling. Pyramid has a negative connotation, but it was um, Madam CJ Walker that actually brought that into the into the world that like you have a product and then you have factions of people selling it you, the the top tier ones yeah. make money from the ones underneath and all of that but it's not sold to us like this it's like you know you think a herbalife that it's is these businesses that came up with this model and it was like it came from a black woman and it's those types of scenarios of business and what we actually have inherently in our land where we are from that doesn't get sold and we get we get taught that we are from this kind of barren slave driven place and it's like no you needed you actually went seeking out these us because we are the drivers of this world and you know this you know that nothing drives without us they are watching our culture they they study us all the time you experiment on us and it's just not okay to put out these stories and articles that paint us at the bottom of the barrel all the time. Who do we complain to about this? That's what I want to know. Now, I, I want to report this to somewhere, to the Alien Commission. Like, you guys need to help us. I want the, counter to is, the, counter, the counter is the like talking about it because not everybody does know. And sometimes things that come naturally or are talked about in some families the next time we don't have those conversations or they don't know where to start. And if you have, are somebody that's gone for loans and all that type of stuff and you're on the back foot thinking you're not making it, then these are the type of articles that reinforce that and make you feel like there's nothing I can do. It's a hopeless situation. Do you know what I mean? So I, I, I think it's important that we always counter these narratives all the time. And it's not for anyone else's benefit but our own. Um, let's get the comments. I hear. Um, all right. Okay, so... Candy says, wait, maybe they're talking about commercial property because it can't be zero home ownership. And Nicholas says, is this what you call gaslighting? Aquia says the most important thing about racism is, is about getting black people to believe negative facts about blackness. It's not so much about white people believing. It's important to ignore nearly everything. There are places to see real figures, black is second largest ethnic home owning group in the UK. And Nicholas says, was this article sponsored by a trust company or investment company? Because if that is the case, then the stats could be based on their private portfolio. That's interesting. And Andrea says, don't forget they take it back off you when you need adult social care in your, le in your later years or they take the, their inheritance tax when it's already paid for. Yeah, there's all those things. And, and that's the thing. If you don't know something's a sponsored article, then you go off on those facts as well. I just There's misinformation everywhere. And I think wherever we come, we have to counter it because it's crazy. And they do use us a lot. A lot. Um, oh, well, I was going to move on um, to... Very special. Aunties, no best. Aunties, no best. Aunties, no best. Best, best. Aunties, no best. Well done. Well done. Where did you even find a triangle? 
I ordered it. I knew. I knew. To be fair, I'm going to get those little um, symbols. 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 You know the little ones. I'm going to get the little symbols, or maybe I'll get a Glockenspiel because I just like that name. Yeah, Glockenspiel. I'm going to get a Glockenspiel. We'll, we'll do a little jingle next week. I'll join you. Yeah. Sorry, Auntie Shade. Very, very supply teachery territory. <laughs> this is this is excellent. Oh, this is music. Aunties know best. Butter, butter, butter. Aunties know best. Butter, butter, butter. Aunties know. Yeah. I was waiting for you to finish to come back. That was that was excellent. That that should be the jingle. I will get my glottenspiel, and we can make a jingle. Well done. I love it. I can't express how, how much cringe. <laughs> yeah, that reminded me of primary school music teacher room. Supply yeah. teacher, though. Not, not yeah. supply. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we harmonised. Well done. Mm, I don't know if you can call it harmonising. It was a like, harmony. You, you need to be silenced because it's really not nice. The, the triangle entered the room. Where the hell? Did you get it on Amazon? <laughs> I'm not endorsing anything I don't endorse us. I got it. Well, I got it. Thank you very much. Auntie Nana. On amazing.com. Auntie Nana. This time, aunties know best where we solved the dilemmas that have come into our inbox or that we've seen on the internet. But can I remind you all that our advice is golden, our voice is special, but we're not legally trained in any type of profession than the ones that we sell, that we're in business of doing. So it's just take it with a pinch of salt, but also we are right. But also, pinch of salt that don't come for us will come for you. Auntie Nana, what is the issue that you've seen out there in the streets? Okay, so the issue that I see out there in the streets was posted onto our social medias. And it says, aunties, help me. My 13-year-old daughter never tidies her room. One day, I got so mad, I tidied it myself. She had the nerve to get mad at me and tell her dad and grandma. Now we're having a family meeting about how I violated her privacy. Make it make sense. Was I wrong? Auntie Nana, Auntie Shade. In my opinion, no, she wasn't. The only thing that she done wrong was tidy the goddamn room. Like, there's no way I'm tidying your room. If you're my child and your room is messy, you're tidying your room. I might stand and watch you do it, but that's about it. I might give you some direction, you know, some advice on what should go where or in what order, but I'm not doing it for you. You're doing it. That's your responsibility. You need to learn that basic skill to be able to go out into the world. That's just, like, I don't, I don't know how she's learning home training if she can't even tidy her own room at 13. What kind of nonsense? That's ridiculous. Um, and with all respects, I'm not listening to your grandma or your dad about any family meeting. There's no, there's no, there's no way you're mad. If you're listening, if you're, if you're even entertaining this, yeah, I, I already know there's nothing, there's nothing you want to hear from my mouth if you're already entertaining this. So there's no point. That family meeting's not have, happening. We'll have a family meeting when there's something to have a family meeting about that is serious, not this kind of nonsense, entertaining, just bullshit childish opinions no i'm not doing that absolutely not absolutely not and also to be honest 
she will get punishment for even trying to call a family meeting in the first place anyway. Because how dare you? Seriously, after you, you haven't even done your task. <laughs> no, there's no way. There's absolutely no way. So yeah, uh, yeah, I can't lie. It just it, w- it would be peak for that child. It would be absolutely <laughs> peak for that child. How dare they? <laughs> I'll, do, I'll remove everything. <laughs> do you know what? That's my specialty, yeah, is that I'm taking away the, the cord, yeah? So you can have your phone, but you no charges. Absolutely no charges whatsoever. When that's dead, that's dead. You're going to suffer in your bedroom. That's me. Auntie Nana. Precisely no, that. Like, I, I, I am so not going to that meeting. Like, the way you're just getting air, that meeting can happen. I may even respond that I'm going to be there, but I'm never going to be there. Like, I firmly believe this baby father of mine and this grandmother hates me. They want me to have pure nonsense happen in my house. So I know that you cannot be be for me and my child in any way. If I clean her room and she comes to you and says, oh my God, my because she has to have an American accent. My, my mom like went against my privacy and, and cleaned up my room at 13. And you're like, well... Susie, what did you do? And literally, like, you're going to call a family meeting over it. No way in hell. Like, you guys hate me. I absolutely know that you may have done juju. I'm never eating in your house again. I'm never drinking from you guys. Nah, nah. It's that, that's so ridiculous that anybody would have to suffer with this. I almost feel like my daughter for going needs to go. Like, that's one of those, actually, I've lost you. It's fine, chick. You can come back to me when you realise that these guys are serpents and, yeah, they, she should go and live with them. They can go and look after her. Now it's the dad's turn. You look after her. But th- this is, this is like, ridiculous. Auntie Farah. Well, but anyone that knows me knows I'm not having this bullshit. Basically, my daughter is eight soon and she knows she better clean her room. So I cannot imagine her being 13 and I'm cleaning her room. The only how I'm cleaning her room is to clean her room out to give her belongings to her grandparents to say, you want to talk about privacy and whatnot? Here we go, innit? Because basically, I'm not having it. I'm not having it. No way. Like, don't tell me about privacy and respect and all of this stuff. In my house, here in my house where I pay the bills, you've got one job, tidy your blood clot room. Right. Yeah? Do your flipping housework. Do your chores. That's your job. And do it with a smile on your face. And if you don't like it, have the decency to walk away from me, go to your room, close your door, then mumble under your breath. I don't want to hear you. I don't want to see your shoulders shrugging. I don't want to see none of that shut. Shut your mouth, innit, basically. And like you said, Auntie Nana, the grandparents and the dad don't like the mum. So take the kid. Because don't tell me what to do in my house. Your room must be tidy. It's a simple, basic requirement. My child has been tidying her room from the time that she could say and spell room. What are you talking about? 13 and you're not tidying your room. As I said, I am one for most definitely when you're in trouble, as Auntie Sade said, and I have practiced this, I'm taking your stuff. And then when you can exercise proper behavior and show that you're sorry, you can get your stuff back. So if that's everything in your room, has been moved from my house to another house when you're 13, then so be it. 
If you don't like my rules, go and live with your grandparents. Let's see how far you can get. I mean, what else can I add to that? Because you're 13 and he didn't tidy your room. And that's it. And I'd, how many times have I asked you to tidy your room? To the point that I'm that frustrated that I've had to go and do it because it's pissed me off. So I'm already on levels because you made me do something that I didn't want to do in the first place. But I was so frustrated for, for my well-being, I just had to do it. But then when I did that, which I shouldn't have done, but I did in my anger, you then went and reported me to other family members. And the fact that I don't, and I think from the reading of it, it's like, did they actually respond or she's called one? Because it's two things. If she's called one and everyone, because I would, I would expect my, if my daughter did that, to go and call her dad and my mum to say, mummy, daddy, grandma, daddy, I didn't tidy my room and I'd like to call a meeting because mum's, she'll get knocked from both of them. Both of them will knock her out. So I don't, so it would have to be a strenuous situation. It would have to be that, yeah, as Auntie Nana says, them family don't like, because if they responded like, yes, we should call them. Black folks as well. And even though we've evolved and we're talking about Kumbaya are a bit more liberal, nah, I don't know a black family would sit down and say, yes, you know what? It's very true, my 13-year-old. You've been violated. Your mother is wrong. It doesn't happen like that. I just don't think it would work. Yeah, you'll get knocked out. It's not going to happen. Um, I don't know. There's nothing else I can say. You lot have all said it. It's just, it's just impossible. It's impossible that I would take a family meeting serious and I would attend just to shout and box it in front of everybody because I would actually attend just to shout. Because that would get, 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 also get the extra stress of me having to clean your room and having the fact of your audacity. I would like to come and shout at you in front of everyone that thinks this family meeting is worth it. So then let's all, let's, let's rock. Let's all have a big old family beef. Because then, then I'll go, look what you cause. You cause a riff in the family. Carry that guilt. How about that, 13-year-old? You want to go and grow in a cool family meeting. Now you've just broken up the family. How are you going to deal with that? Yeah, I'm going to the meeting too. Most yeah, Turn yeah, yeah, turn on. Let, let anyone say anything. Let's just have a big old family rockers because if you really want to attain, attain a 13-year-old's foolishness for not tidying up the room, nah. What did I see? Someone talking about they, they go in their room and they find moulding food in their kid's room and all that type of shit. Listen, that type of shit. my auntie, God rest her soul, she had the best technique ever for one of my cousins who will rename names, right? But basically, <laughs> she would take his plates put it in his bed roll around and nap what are you talking about why does your room look like that are you mad no 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 not in my house let's see if you can sleep in your mess in your filth do it unless the child's got issues and again we always talk about issues and you know well-being and mental health so they could but if that be the case a whole different conversation but in this scenario i'm choosing not to go that way i'm choosing that this child's just damn rude and rank and just didn't tie up her room because the fact that she had the faculty to go and call a family meeting. Yeah, you're all right, mate. You're just trying it. Um, Does a 13-year-old really need privacy, though? Really? I suppose if you're talking about puberty, um, I don't know. And what does privacy... I mean, tidy... I mean, in her own room. Um, this is a room in my house that I have. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You sleep in it. What privacy do you need as a 13-year-old that I cannot clean a part of my own house? Mm. Is there, what, what type of violation is that of privacy? Because the fact what, what I'm really like, genuinely like, what privacy does a 13-year-old that makes That makes me think that you've got something to hide. Because what yeah. are you hiding in the room that you've scared that I could have found? Was yeah. it your, what are you doing at 13 that you know you shouldn't be doing? The only thing is, like you said, about going for, you know, your body's changing and stuff like that and being able to, like, be in your room as a 13-year-old and have someone knock your door, I think that's courteous and, you know, you teach people that, don't you? That's fine. 
but I'm coming in your room, though. It's a room, as you said, Auntie Nana, in my house. And all I'm doing is tidying your... If Let's say God, like I was that person and I tidied the room. I'm not invading your privacy at all. I'm not invading your privacy. You're invading my privacy. My, you're invading my sanity because your room is disgusting. Yeah, I can't lie. I, 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 I kind of feel like it might, that privacy... If you... If you, you're not telling the line, yeah. Your privacy, <laughs> it might have to be earned. It might, it might, we might have to start at zero again. Do you know what I mean? There's no, how about no privacy? There's none now. How about I take yeah. your door off its hinges? Well, this, yeah, exactly. is the thing. this is the thing. How about absolutely nothing? And we'll start from there because at the end of the day, privacy is a privilege, is it not? You know what I mean? The fact that you exactly. even in your own room is a privilege, is it not? Yeah. That and respect, and you're not earning my respect because you're not tidying your house because you're not being respectful yeah. of the space that we share together. No, maybe we start the other way around. You earn the door. Maybe kids should not have doors on their bedrooms until they've earned to have some privacy. So the door comes on when you're about fourteen, and then yeah, my daughter knows how to close her door. <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, I think. And when you live in a small space and if you are in a healthy home, you know, you want to keep certain noises from the child and stuff like that. There is reality to doors. It's not just for the child. It's also for the family. You have your door. But you have your door. No, no, I'm just saying, but depending on how small and your acoustic in your flat, you know, so my, my, when my mum used to stay with me and watch her YouTube and stuff, have it loud at midnight, if I shut my door, I could still hear it, But she had to shut her door when she was in my daughter's room. She had to shut that door and my door shut, then I wouldn't hear. But if she had her door ajar, even with my door shut, I'd still hear it. So there's I don't know, at 13, I don't I don't know if I care about your opinion then, if you can hear my that's not opinion, it's just like just but I am <laughs> saying the door is more for me as an adult rather than them in that respect. If that's mm. what I'm thinking of going in a small space. But I do agree, like earn your privacy. I'm just saying yeah. that sometimes the door, if you're in a, especially if you're in a small type space, the door isn't always a benefit of the child. It's more the adults and the people, you know, the other people that pay rent. I, I hear that, but in my like in my house, it, I would shut my door. Like, yeah, but you've got that space. My door. I know your doors are closer, yeah, but yeah, yeah. it's still like, like it's massive. And my thing is like, what are you shutting your door for? Open your door. Yeah. Why is your door shut? That's I my. Feel like kids need to earn a door. Yeah. Especially I don't think it should be given. If you're not tidying up after yourself, yeah, we don't make rules. Requirement. Then no, there's there's no. I'm not respecting you're not respecting me. I'm not respecting anything, anything that you've got to say. Tidy your fucking room. Tidy your <laughs> simple. And then we can have a conversation in it. Yeah. <laughs> and if you don't want to, right. And if there's you don't want to tidy your room, it's simple. I will what? There's a fly on me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um I we've had quite a few. Okay. Right, so Miss Latang says she should have got her, her uh, I think that maybe father involved, yes, to directive bedroom tidying privacy, which comes with being responsible, is wavered in such circumstances. Um, knee says hell will freeze over before I attend that meeting. And um, Red Border says she should have done what my cousin did, remove the door to the bedroom. And Aquia says, let them have the family meeting and let the biggest judge take her home with them. But I don't think they will say the mum was in the wrong. Uh, Mr. Tang says, remove the modem till 
said room is spotless. I that used to work with mine. Um, and then she goes on to say they're invading the mum's privacy and undermining her parenting at this point. And uh, Nicholas says, I know a child who called child line for the mum disciplining her. The mum packed her child's bag and told the people to take her when they came to the door. They backed <laughs> down when the child explained that she called the she called them because she was she had misbehaved. And Ant, uh, Antoinette says, just remind her whose privacy she came out of. <laughs> Mr. Tang says, I think 13-year-olds need a degree of privacy, as in getting dressed, etc. I'll knock the door, etc. But that's it. It's our bedroom. <laughs> yeah. Dressed in the bathroom. Yeah, exactly. There's options, you know. <laughs> Okie dokie. Well, that was. <laughs> Aunties, no best. Butter, butter, butter. Aunties, no best. Butter, butter, butter. Aunties, no best. Best. I just, I, I just want to say that the people in the comments, amazing. This is your fault, basically. <laughs> Did you see all the celebration of the triangle, though? It was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> oh gosh, I need to get another instrument for the culture. Now it's time for for the culture, for the culture, for the culture, for the culture, for the culture. You guys better just get on board, man. And yeah, anyway, just join the train. Just join the crazy train, man. Um, so basically, for the culture, this is where we talk about what's affected the culture on socials, what everyone's talking about in black community. And this week, I don't know if you guys have seen, a lot of people talking about black girls and women wearing bonnets and pajamas outside, lecturing and telling women that we shouldn't be doing these things, black girls shouldn't be doing these things, it's embarrassing, blah, 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 bloody blah. Um, and also, Auntie uh, Monique, has had her special say. I think I'm going to do this again, try and share screen. I'm going to do it really well now this time. I'm going to do better at this. Hold on. I'm going to share my screen. Hold on, let me make this bigger. Hold on. Actually, can I share my screen? I'm scared. Hey, my sweet babies. Hold on. So um, it took me a minute to say what I'm getting ready to say because oh. I want to make sure I'm You can not... only hear the audio. We can I'm... hear her. Okay, here we go. I'm make sure I'm saying You ready? love y'all some of y'all have given me the title of auntie and i'm honored that y'all do that right but there are times where auntie gotta talk to her babies and say some real shit so yesterday i was in the airport in atlanta because i'm in jackson mississippi now at chuckles comedy club right and we got three shows tonight. We got a matinee okay, at five thirty. Then we got seven. Then we got ten. Right? It makes sense. I saw so many, actually too many to count, and too many for me to tap. But I saw so many of our young sisters in head bonnets, scarves, slippers, pajamas, things <laughs> wrapped around them, and this is how they're showing up to the airport and it I've been seeing it 
not just at the airport. I've been seeing it at the store, at the mall. I've been seeing sisters showing up with these bonnets and headscarves and these slippers. And the question that I'm having to you, my sweet babies, when did we lose pride in representing ourselves? <laughs> step away of let me make sure I'm presentable when I leave my home. Let me make sure I'm representing the family I created so that if I'm out in the street, I look like I have pride. Okay. I can me, me fast, me fast, me fast. <laughs> okay, let me stop screen sharing now. Okay, aunties, is Auntie Monique correct? Are you not prideful with you wearing your bonnet and your slippers and your pajamas outside in the streets? Auntie, you've wished to speak first. Go ahead. Can I just say what makes me laugh the most? She's on live okay to the world all right right the globe live universe in her house coat looking giving me all types of sophia from color purple oh she's in her house coat live to the globe reaching more people than you or i will reach when we go to the airport or to the shop in my headscarf and my flip flops. That part. This is like when Dr. Umar <laughs> was talking American accent <laughs> about Uganda. us black people talking in our English accents. Like, come on, Auntie, come on. If you were gonna make that video, you should have showed up and showed up. That's what you should have done. You should have had full glamour on and been saying, Where's our pride? You can't sit there in your house coat talking about where's our pride, but really and truly, what's the big deal? Because I don't actually mind that you're in your house coat. Just like I don't mind if you go to the if you go to the airport and you've got your headscarf on. Some people want to preserve the do until you reach the other side, unwrap that bad boy and go. What's the problem? There's no problem with any of this. Not and who's to say that you don't have pride? because you haven't plastered yourself with makeup or presented yourself in a way that certain people may deem correct. Like, piss off, come on now. Auntie, come now, please. Child, come better. Auntie Nana. I, I, I agree and I disagree because I don't see this like as a, as a black thing. Like, I don't get why people are all up in about the bonnet. I mean, I even get it from my husband when I put my bonnet on. He seems to like look at me in a way like, what is that? It's a headscarf. It's fine. It's just another type of headscarf. But I do get it with the people that go outside in their house clothes or pajamas and slippers. That pisses me off. The amount of times you see that in like Tesco's and Sainsbury's, or I'm just going to the corner shop and somebody's clearly in their PJs. They've just rolled out, put on a jacket, and they're in their slippers walking down the street. I'm in East London, people spit a lot. It's, it's gross. It, it grosses me out for when you're going back into your house. But it's also absolutely none of my flipping business how you want to run your life and, and be unhygienic. I don't need to do a, a PSA about it. And Monique, Monique doesn't need to do a PSA for her nieces or black women in general and being like we don't have pride because people want to just go to their destination and get on an aircraft and risk their health 
for all of the shit that's actually flying about in the aircraft. And maybe they just want to cover their heads. Well, they don't want to wear their smart clothes. They just want to go in their dowdy tracksuits and maybe some flip-flops. Like, that's their business. Really, I feel like this was purely for promo for her her comedy show because she knew people was going to tear her a new ass for doing this. And it's like, it worked. But it's it's not okay. This is another kind of trolling of black of black women. And I really like Monique. But it's, it's not okay to troll us who are bonnet wearers. Auntie Shadow. Yeah, um, all of that. I'll just add that Monique, her, her life is just very different, isn't it? You know what I mean? Like, she's got a lot of money. She's got, like, an in-house trainer that dances with her all the time. She's got, you know, she cooks, all this kind of... I think she's got cooks. She's got, like, you know, a whole lot going on. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, like, you might have the means, the time, the energy, more so than an average person to make the effort to go to the airport. I think it's just very old school. Reminds me of Bill Cosby when he's telling people to pull up their pants, all that kind of stuff. It's just like, oh, get over yourself, man. It sounds like a, you know, like an old annoying. You sound like a annoying auntie that's just, just, just out of touch and just doesn't understand what's going on. You're just talking because in your day, that's what people done. They put on their flying clothes and then went went on a plane like no one cares it's just not that important anymore i also as well i think that there is um there is is discrimination against and against black women and i'm not here for it either kind of thing because it seems to be fine to wear durag but it's not okay to wear a bonnet like what the actual fuck like it's out of order to be honest let people wear what they want to wear like why is it your business it's not hurting you, do you know what I mean? And then also as well, it's not, you know, this, this as Auntie Nana said, like, if you go up the north of, of England, this is standard procedure with white white women, yeah? Standard procedure. Rollers, hair, everything. Rollers in hair. Fucking their kids to school. Do you know what I mean? That kind of thing, like, standard. Like, I don't, I don't give it, no one cares there. We don't care, like so. Why judge? Why judge her? It's always, it's only when it, it's only a problem when it's us. That's the thing. And now, like, give it a couple of months and everything is like, you know, open up and people are flying properly. And watch this in Vogue. Watch, watch this look coming to Vogue. And, and Kylie Jenner does it or some shit. <laughs> and then everyone be saying how cool it is. And the new new thing is to be comfy on your flight or some shit. Like, mm-hmm. um, I just hate this stuff. I really do. And Monique is, uh, I, I really, you know, I was, I was, I was rooting for her with her Netflix troubles and all that kind of stuff. But this kind of shit, nah, man. This is why people don't like you, Monique. This is why- <laughs> what happens. I mean, yeah. you know, I used to love Monique's show. I mean, I still like Monique, but problematic auntie right now. Um, Monique's show, her short-lived um, uh, talk show, which I l- loved. Her phrase was always be ready so you don't have to get ready or whatever. Stay ready. Be ready so you don't have to get ready. She used to sign off or start in with that all the time. So you did this live and you weren't ready. Why are you talking? Your bra, your, your boobies are swinging in the in the, in the house. Yeah, she's braless. braless. So this is, this is the epitome of not being ready. You didn't have, you couldn't, you, and your hair done, you could have literally got dressed. You didn't. And then you're going to lecture. Auntie, you can't do that. There's no more, those. You, you can't do as I do, not as I say, all that kind of nonsense. Do as I say, not as I do. None, none for that. Not in this day and age. There's none for that. 
I saw another um, friend who remained nameless who decided to have a post to say, um, parents warn your girls that wearing bonnets is going to be an embarrassment in their future or something like that. They're going to regret it. I was like, leave the fuck the girls alone. Do what they want. And the thing is, there's so much drama about this. It's a fad. First of all, it's a passing fad. They will be on to the next soon because black girls, we set, set trends. We pick up on a certain, then we set trends and then we dash it when it gets overly commercialized anyway. So is this, this, this is a passing fad. But also, even if it's not, you know what? Traveling on the airport, you know what? I have my head, I have my headscarf. I have my traveling hoodie, I have my traveling tracksuit, I have my traveling trainers, I have my comfy wear. My headscarf goes on, even if I have a hairstyle worth protecting or not. It's because leaning back on a dutty seat, my headscarf goes on standard. So it's, I don't care. And I will do it whether I'm in the airport or whether I'm on the plane. I don't give a fuck. It's more like the other, at the other end, end at, the, at my destination, I might whip it off. And I can shake it out and then I'll be ready, a little bit ready. I'm not even going to do full face and all that type of shit because your face gets dried out. All that nonsense, flossing for the air students. What the fuck? Let me sit there and chill. Getting off to my destination is where I need to look all sorts of pleasurable. Um, And it's not pride. I understand a slither of maybe presenting yourself to the world. But then also we're so policed by our looks. This is a rebelliousness that I love about black women. We don't give a fuck. And actually, I'm going to wear a bonnet and I might beat my face or I might not beat my face. I'm going to wear my bonnet and fuck you, everyone who's telling me that I'm not good enough, I'm not pretty enough, all this type of shit. Black girls wearing their bonnets, it's prideful. It's an in-your-face statement. It's something to... I, I, I Just stop it. Leave us alone. Don't talk about it. Pajama wearers... I judge that because it's like, do you get back in your house and go back into your bed from being outside? That's the part that makes me feel icky. But again, as Auntie Nan said, it's not my business, but I will not endorse my child doing that. And especially I don't, I personally, and I, I, run, a, I'm, I run a busy business and I've raised a child. So I am very unsympathetic to people saying, well, I've got children and all that stuff. I, but I do have one. So maybe if you have multiple. But if you leave your house without brushing your teeth or your underneath and you're wearing, you just get up out of bed and go outside, unless it's a dangerous emergency, I judge. And I say that, but also it's none of my business. But in my circle, if you do that, I'm going to be like, and I'm going to tell my child, don't do that. Not pajamas and not your house shoes, because I don't like shoes in the house. Those are my personal things. And so maybe I might draw the line of actual pajamas, especially if you haven't bathed. But other than that, it's also not my business. And that's it. Let's get the comments. Okay. Right. <clears throat> Mr. Tang says, I'm all for taking pride in my appearance, showing my best self, but also homeless chic has its place in society. And here goes my husband. He says, me, it's not fine and you know it, Nana. It's one step away from the ilks in the pyjamas on road. Stop it. That's how he looks at me when I put on a bonnet. No, it's actually no. out of order, no. and we should all chastise him. But he likes your hair when you do it, though, isn't it? I'm in the in house. It? Chastise in him. The house. Chastise him. Yeah, in the oh, house. Come on, no, man. It's a, prote- come on, it's a protective thing. What yeah. is wrong with it? It's no, there no, to protect no. your style. It's there to no. keep the moisture in your hair. What's wrong with it's it? That's because I don't find it sexy. That's why it men are coming for it. They just don't find it sexy. Like you said, you have to put up a do rag. You wear bandanas like wrapped around your forehead like that. We had to put up with that and do rags. The batty of tights sometimes they would put on their head. Yeah, the little out. top knot, and you were rocking it, and it was a thing. And we've we stood by you, brothers. Me, if you want me, you're gonna have to embrace the bonnet. It's as simple as that. Embrace the bonnet, man. Embrace the bonnet. Especially in the house, especially in the house. <laughs> yeah, do better. Yeah, man, do better. Do better. You didn't hear it. Yeah, allow it, allow it. Sorry, brother. We're not on you. <laughs> 
Let's get the rest of the comments. Nicola says slippers is slightly different because I do not have shoes in my house. So if you have your house slippers on the street, then it does not make sense. And Claudia, Claudia says, sad because we need to be building each other up, not tearing each other down. And she goes on to say, we have enough of being torn down by others. When it's from one of our own, it's shameful and embarrassing. And Red Border says, I see kids wearing sliders and socks. That's more offensive than a black woman covering her hair. Yeah, man. I did see on, on the high street the other day, though, but I feel like this guy got locked out. <laughs> he was in a house coat and, like, <laughs> slippers. But it's like he had not... It, it didn't seem like he had anything. It was just a house coat. And it was, like, one of them short ones as well. No, nah, he was locked out. Walking down the high street. I, but he's just oh, walking down the high street. A bit nutty. I feel like he must have got locked out. Pissed. I'm, you know what? Sliders and socks. I'm like, oh. but I roll my eye because it's faddish. It's all the stupid fashions that come. But it looks terrible. It looks silly. I hate but... Sliders and socks. Have you, have you guys seen people wearing Crocs and socks? Yes. This is supposed to be the new one. I hate that. Even the freaking Crocs. Even the fact that Crocs are back in fashion, and we're pushing it. I can't. I don't say back in yeah. fashion. No, they. I mean, no, they, 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 no, they, no, they, no, I know. Nicki Minaj. No, I know. I know. I'm just saying they should never have been fashion. That's oh, right. that wow. Nicki Minaj has got a Crocs le- um, line now. Yeah, pink Crocs the other day. Couldn't she have gone to Ghana with line? But she brought Crocs back into fashion. Say it again. Couldn't she have gone to Ghana and brought a Charlie Watte line back out? But she wouldn't have brought Crocs into fashion. Crocs. Well, she should have gone to Trinidad, really, because that's where she's from. That's what I'm saying. She could have brought like a nice, you know, Trinidad line of Chalewotes. But she endorsed the box. I forgot. Victoria also says, I cannot keep a bonnet on my head. So this is hilarious. Who knew this was a serious matter? Who knew? Exactly. Mate, leave us alone, man. Listen, there's nothing worse than when you do your hair and you wake up in the morning and your bonnet's beside you. Right. That was worse. I keep, uh, I've got my wrong headscarf and with this, because you need to keep it so before it gets all matted, twice now I haven't put it on properly and I felt the whole gap and all my hair was on the pillow. I was so vexed because I left all this out. It needs to be covered completely. It's if you like how you look in the daytime, you've got to take the bonnet, bruv. That's what I'm saying. Sometimes, sometimes when you don't want to lean up on something, you've got to put the bonnet on or the headscarf. It's what it is and I'll do it, damn it. Okay, <laughs> that was for the culture and we definitely... <laughs> Set that for the culture. Guys, what made you sad, mad, and glad this week? Auntie Nelly, you're first. Okay. All right. Okay. So, this actually really pisses me off. I'm really sad, yeah. So, we've entered into Gemini season, and everybody's decided to put up their little memes gunning Geminis. And it pisses me off every year that, like, Geminis have this rap rep of being, like, psychos. And I find myself on numerous posts being, like, nah, piss off. And so then I kind of appear as like a psycho because I've responded. So, yeah, that makes me sad. It's not even mad. Um, and then I'm, re- I'm mad that I tried to book a family trip to an aquarium yesterday and it was sold out and the boys were just really sad all day and you know acting like teenagers and that made me a bit mad at the aquarium being sold out that I didn't sort it out before and that they were vexed um I'm glad that I found a new workshop so I'm going to be moving to new love yaya 
towers soon. Um, <laughs> not really a tower, but it's an eco space and it's a really nice vibe. It's in Bow, it's near the, the water and I will have lots of space and yeah, some much needed move. So I'm really glad about that. I'm also glad that it's the end of my slimming challenge that I had with the family. I did not win. Um, I didn't even come in the first three places, but it's <laughs> over. So I can, I kind of checked out a while ago, but now I can eat without the guilt. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I, I knew you checked out. I knew there's a reason I why I tried you though, man. It was five months long. It was really hard. Wow. Okay. What's made me sad was the friend was actually the friends reunion, but not for those reasons. It was more like when we have these conversations about how important it is to have black representation representation and black people visibility on screen. Um, and when you look at a show that impl- impacted the globe, as they stated with the show, um, and that we didn't feature. It's just that conflict where you've enjoyed something and it impacted life so much. Like we was, we, those of us who um, were fans of the show. And it was just so weird. I think that's what made me, I was looking at it, I was like, ah, oh, this is sad because in later life, the politics around having black people in shows like this. And actually I didn't mind there not being black people because I didn't want any kind of misrepresentation. I mean, there were a few black characters, but not many. But um, I don't know, it just made me sad. It's like, this is the conversation, this is what it is. It's like, you can't, sometimes you just can't enjoy something for what it was because you get reminded that actually possibly something wasn't right. And this was such an important show to the world. And when we're just saying, well, this is why, because it was, it's watching the reunion, it was such a white affair. And that's not a bad thing in quotes, but it was so white. And it was such white culture and things. And I'm not criticizing that per se, but it's like when we say we want something that's important to us, the Friends reunion is exactly an example of how powerful it is to see your stories on screen, even if it's just a TV show, how important it is, even to us as black people outside of that culture. So when people are telling us like it's not important, it doesn't matter if we black stories don't carry, this is the part. So it made me a bit sad because it's that argument that we deal with all the time, especially when you work in the arts. Um, Mad at Piers Morgan, because, like, why are you still a thing? Like, fuck off, really. And um, the people we were going to talk about for the culture, we ran out of time. Just the people, stupid people commenting with authority about Laurie Harvey, who they don't know. Um, the You know, Future's latest track, apparently some text, some lyrics dropped from his latest track, and he's um, coming for Laurie Harvey again, talking about she's with a lame, because apparently Steve Harvey said something about how he prefers her man now than her exes. So Future dropped some lyrics about her. And then people actually commenting on, you know, the popular gossip blogs saying, yeah, but she's been run through. She's a hoe. And so Michael B. Jordan is a lame because obviously he's wifed off. And it's just like, you lot, just just, just stop. It's so childish, so ignorant, it's so annoying. So it made me mad. And glad, because um, got new tattoos and I'm really happy with them. And that's that. Um, they're my scars from hairdressing over the years. I've always wanted to outline them because I feel like they look like I've been attacked. So I've outlined all my scars. Um, just personal to me. I love it. And that's it. Auntie Farah. Um, I am glad that I had a fantastic birthday week. Uh, even though I didn't really want to do anything, I had a really, really nice time. Thanks, Auntie AK, for organising brunch and stuff. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, I had a great birthday I am also glad that I got my tattoo redone. Um, It's 22 years old, so it needed a retouch and it looks like new now. So I was happy about that. um, I've got no sads today. I'm I'm glad that um, I got to go to the cinema this weekend with my daughter. We went to watch Cruella um, and that was the first time I've been to the cinema in well over a year. So 
I'm glad that I finally got to do that. I literally forgot what it was like to sit in the cinema. So that was really cool. And I am mad, have got mad, but it's not real mad. I'm just mad at all the Gemini haters, like Auntie Nana said, like, fuck you lot, innit? <laughs> and if you think I'm psycho, too bad. <laughs> Auntie Shade. Um, right, I don't have a sad or mad this week. I've only got a clad, which is, I just had a really good bank holiday. It was just like really nice. Yeah have that little break um and i like went to the park cap and common and then i went uh where else did i go and i done a bit of a walk and stuff but yeah it was just really just lovely to be in the sunshine it obviously was like the hottest weekend um or couple of days that we've had so far this year and i just didn't realize how much like i was just craving like sun you know so that was just really quite lovely yeah, and I got like a candle making uh, kit as well. So I'm going to make some candles. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Cute. Thank you. Cute, cute. Like, cute. Sun came out for Gemini season. Get me? Mm-hmm. Of course. I've not seen any Gemini hate. I don't, I haven't seen any. Oh, there's always. Always. But you've never like, seen that, those memes. Yeah, no, I, haven't, I haven't seen them. I recently, I haven't, I haven't. I really haven't seen it. But I think every meme gets, every star sign gets their moment, innit? Yeah. Nah, not like Gemini. Others. (laughs) I think it's relative. Yeah, that you lot are anyway. Different 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 things for different star signs, isn't it? I just think that's true, that's true. Yeah. That's not that's not wrong. It's true. Um but yeah, let's get the comments. Okay. Oh, we don't have any um anybody adding. Oh, Ronald has just come through now. Um so if we says congrats Auntie Nana. And I had no idea that people thought Gemini's a psycho. That's so weird. I agree. And Ronald says, I'm glad that a friend of mine has come to town and we're actually going to the zoo. Oh, lovely. And Miss Latang says, I miss the zoo. I want to go to the zoo. Okay. Um, And Miss Latang says, glad the sun is out. um, Auntie Shadi, got anything to say? Get off your chest. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So, guys. I don't know if you guys can relate to this, but um, when what pisses me off, okay, is when you go to a supermarket and use a self-checkout, right? I don't really like self-checkout anyway because it's something always goes wrong. It's really annoying. But I also don't like systems that don't work properly either, and I think this happens with self-checkout. So I've bought my stuff. I've also scanned a bag. I've scanned the back, yeah? Why is the thing asking me if, if, if I want another bag? No, I've scanned the bag. Why don't you know that I've scanned the bag? It's really annoying. You know all my items that I've got, but you can't register this one bag. Now, if I say that I have one bag and I press that thing, it's charging me again. Then I have to call the person over and just explain, I've only got one bag. Do you know what I mean? Like, And they have to come and scan it. It's just long. I hate it so much. I will do anything to avoid that scenario. Or I, obviously now I try and bring my own bag with me. On the times that I forget, I'm just like, ah, don't want to go through this again because I don't want to see those stupid questions. And I just don't understand why they just can't update the system. They just don't, they just ignore it. Like, like it's not wrong. It's wrong. They should change it. It's really wrong. I just registered the bag because when you put it onto the checkout to, to do the items, it's registered that a bag's there. Because if this you put your own bag and you put it on there, it registered that there's something on there. I'm with you. I hate it. 
I'm with you. Yeah. The whole system's wrong. And she, the voice is annoying too, because she sometimes doesn't listen to what you're doing. Yes. And what's the point for the camera there? You're not watching what I'm doing. So all of it, the whole thing is stupid. You're taking, you're taking my whole image, my whole details, everything. Yeah. And you but can't recognise I've already scanned a fucking bag. It's annoying. Don't like and I, I have a quick question though. Are you guys able to scan? I yes. always have problems scanning. It right. never works. It's, it depends on the thing where the barcode is. It's sometimes yeah, I hate that shit. I, mean, I always have to turn and be like, I've never worked in a supermarket, and it's really annoying. I hate it as well. You got to hold it in a certain way sometimes. So yeah. Use the bottom and the top. Yeah. Because yeah. sometimes you don't know it's the bottom one or it's the side one that's facing you. And it's like honestly, it's, sometimes I'm just like, why am I not getting paid? Like, do you know what I mean? I've, I've worked hard to scan all of this stuff. Surely you owe me minimum wage. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I was, scan my shopping. This is not to, we shouldn't do this, but this, you know what they've started doing in Tesco's? They've mm. started putting the club card price and the actual price. So the amount of times I've gone to the tool thinking something's like one pound and it's actually four pounds, but because they've decided to highlight the club card price, why the fuck are you doing that? Because you're you making it yellow. Card? Huh? Do you not have a club card? I might do. I don't care. But like, my point is, don't. <laughs> my point is, that's not the point, though. Don't make that price so prominent that I think that I'm picking up something for a price that it isn't. Because everyone knows that they highlight the price that it knew that newly is when it's on sale. Do you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Why are you telling me and making me think? So, amount of times I've done it a few times now, that they're like, "Oh, have you got a club card?" Yeah, but no. Or I might do, but I don't care. I want it at the price that you made me think it was. Sorry to hijack your unpopular opinion. Yeah, it was a good one. It was um, just what Ronald has said. You have to pay for bags at the supermarket in Europe. We don't have to do that. Yes, we do. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's their way of combating environmental, climate change, and all that type of crap. But it's just getting extra money from us. Yeah, even if you yeah. watch Steve Grossi, you realise that that's a bunch of bullshit. A bunch yeah. of bullshit. <laughs> because you're still using the bag. It's just so dumb. It's, the biggest. it's it's actually like another little a little it's scam. So fraudulent. <laughs> it really another is. little scam. It really is, isn't Especially it? Especially as they they hate us. They hate humans. It's like they hate yeah. humans. Like but I'm also, more and more convinced that it's aliens running this space. Yeah, yeah but also the bags go, go on. Go on, go on, go on, go on. I was gonna say the bags went up as well. Yeah. The bags keep going up. First it was five P, yeah. then it was ten P, then yeah. it was fifteen. It's yeah, like, and the thing oh. is, you see how they tried it when you first, when they first first did it. The bags for life were bags for life. Now mm. they're as tin as the original because yeah. you're supposed to get a big sturdy bag that doesn't rip. You know the big old bags for life yeah. that before they introduced that they were five p and they were sturdy. And the thing is, I've got a whole cupboard full of fucking bags because we use them as bins. They don't tell me I don't recycle my fucking bags. Black families, that's what we do standard. We use them as bins. We use them as bins day one. Yeah. Okay. Again, that's part of the tax that we should be exempt from. We should have to pay for fucking bags. Black families recycle shit. They should just be paying us. To be honest. Honestly. Okay, that was your <laughs> episode 64. Don't forget to join us every Tuesday at 5pm live here on YouTube and Facebook. And also don't forget that we um, are on the podcast and we put that out over the weekend. So listen to that on all the favourite listening platforms. Don't forget, also, lots of things not to forget this week. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. We're on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. So that's it. This is your Aunties Could Never. I'm Auntie AK. I don't know. I feel like we should all say names again. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>
Carefully or jingle. I'm not pressing the button. Paging. I wish I had the ending. I wish I had the ending. I finished the show. I finished the show. Oh, God. Oh, God. I don't know how we're going to deal with this, Farah. I just don't know. We're going to have to control.